Hello, welcome to another episode of Houston. We have a podcast. I am here as usual with your co-host Paulo. Uh, yeah. And on this month's episode, we are talking about video game movies with two returning guests on today's episode. Uh, we have Andy and Joe. Uh, first guest, Andy. Uh, not only were you on our original video game movie episode, but in the time since you have been on that episode, and now you have actually uh, developed uh, a game as well. So why don't you tell us about that? All right, thanks, Carson. Uh, so yeah, I, me and my best friend, we own the studio called Two Bit Pixel Studios, uh, and we created a game. It's on the Google Play Store, the Call Shoot 'em Up. It's a love letter to old school retro shoot 'em ups that we used to play as a kid, top down. Uh, you know, plane shooters, you get uh, ran- randomly generated enemies and really cool upgrades, and it's a really fun game to play through, and it changes with every gameplay, so I hope you check it out. Awesome, and we will cool. post a link on that on our Instagram as well if anyone cool. else wants to check that out. Um, so thanks for joining us once again. And Ooh. Joe, you've been on our Luc Besson episode and rom-coms, and I think one more. <laughs> um, at least two, let's say two for sure. Cool. <laughs> Those well, are the two that I remember. Also, welcome back to the show. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be talking. So we got a few episode or a few segments to talk about. Uh, we're going to be chatting about the history of video game movies, of how they've been adapted, um, and then we're going to talk about some famous video game characters. We're going to try to cast them with uh, existing actors and actresses today, um, as well as talk about which video games would make for the best adaptations, and also vice versa, which films would be best adapted into video games uh so i guess or before we get into our main content we will start as we always do uh just talking about some movies that we've seen recently a bit hard to get out to the theaters these days i should mention we are all this is our second uh skype or uh kind of like virtual uh episode because we are all quarantined at the moment uh so apologies if there is some audio quality issues um but yeah no Theaters are closed, but we're still at home watching movies, mostly on Netflix these days. Uh, so what have you guys seen recently? Uh, Joe, how about you go first? Me, the most recent movie that I've seen is on Netflix. It is Extraction. It's called Extraction, and it features Liam Neeson. Um, Liam Neeson? Did I say Liam Neeson? No, I meant uh, Chris Hemsworth. I don't know why I'm thinking <laughs> Liam Neeson, man. <laughs> it features Chris Hemsworth. And long story short, he's uh, I think he's in... Is he in Mumbai? He's somewhere um, around uh, Bangladesh, Pakistan, I think. Uh, Bangladesh, India, like somewhere just in that uh, vicinity. That's and he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just he's just in those uh, those countries there, and he's trying to uh, save a child um, from yeah some people that are after him. So he's trying to move him through the city, and it's pretty much one of those gunfight type of movies. Um, Chris Hemsworth, his character, it was so so. I mean, like it's. Not so. It was a little bit typical character for him, just because he has that macho type, and he has done a few other army type of movies. But I think it's a decent movie to check out, something different. And yeah, that was uh, my movie. Was the oh, Liam Neeson mention a Freudian slip? <laughs> like, does it feel like a movie that if it was made ten years ago would star Liam Neeson? <laughs> this one, not this one. No, no. Liam, I feel like Liam Neeson has more finesse in his uh, movies like this, and this one's more of like shoot and. Um, it's like point and shoot and run and gun type of movie. It's like Thorwick. <laughs> yeah, Thorwick. There you go, Thorwick. <laughs> cool. Andy, how about yourself? Uh, the so we had just finished building our basement, so I got this nice TV, and I I finally been caught up on a movie I wanted to see for a while it was Jojo Rabbit. 
Yeah. And it was awesome. Good it was movie. great. It was a great time. Yeah. I'd never seen uh, other than, well, I, I kind of went off based on like, I saw you had talked about it quite a bit. Uh, I really liked Thor Ragnarok. So I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. And it, it just blew me away. It was awesome. Was that our number one movie from last year, Paulo, or was it Joker? I think that was my number. I think that was my number one. That's my number one. For sure. <laughs> I, th- I think Joker was lower on my list. So I think Jojo Rabbit would have been number one for both of ours. But if anyone wants to fact check us, you can check out our Instagram. At <laughs> yeah, we have a podcast. We got the other podcast too. Yeah, it was uh, up there though. It was a really good movie. I enjoyed it as well. It was great. <laughs> what uh, what have you seen recently, Paula? Uh, I most recently saw uh, Booksmart. Uh, shout out to Amazon Prime, not Netflix this time, but uh, it's basically the female version of Superbad. Uh, and it's directed by Olivia Wilde. It's very unfortunate. I can't remember the two lead girls' names because they were really, really good. They have good chemistry. They're really funny. The whole movie, like actually, all the characters, even the side characters, um, they are, uh, they're uh, really. I don't know. They were really well done. I guess they just all came together very nicely. Um, good high school vibes in the movie. Uh, the soundtrack, I think, has to get an extra shout out because it was great. A plus. Um, and, uh, basically, yeah, it's just these two girls, they're like really, uh, like they're overachievers. And then they realize on the last day of school, they've never, they've never partied and they've basically wasted their high school years. So they, they make it their mission, uh, on the last night to, to hit up this party. Um, but they're just like not social people. So they're, they're, it's, they get into all sorts of hijinks. <laughs> and is, is it awkwardly cringy? I'm guessing. <laughs> no, there's. It's actually not cringe at all. Like it's it's a it's a great movie. Like I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed Booksmart. If I if I actually now that you mention it, if I had seen it last year when it came out, it would have been on my top ten. Ooh, okay, okay. It's, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, and that just like for whatever reason, I just do not get around to watching it. Uh, but I am yeah. also on my 30-day Amazon Prime subscription right now, so <laughs> I have motivation to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I actually wouldn't have thought to watch it either if they didn't pick it for us. Uh, so I'm I'm grateful for that. A <laughs> uh, movie I watched recently is something we've talked about on podcasts before, and that's Overlord, uh, which is a World War II slash zombie uh, movie. Um I saw the trailers and I thought it was going to be really, really terrible, which is why I avoided watching it in theaters, um, because it just looks like, like, I, I, like it looked like a B movie schlock, like just but not <laughs> very good. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised because it ended up being like eighty percent war movie, twenty percent zombie movie. Like it was much, and I I really like war movies, so um, like it was much more focused on like here's the, like your crew, your unit of people, and oh by the way, there's some zombies you slip in there. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but like it's a certainly for a, a Netflix afternoon type thing during quarantine. Uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised. What would you give it out of ten, Carson? Uh, I think my official rating was sixty-eight out of a hundred. So yeah, like seven out of ten almost. That's uh, still a solid movie. That's an amazing uh, endorsement from Carson. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm looking at this now, and I feel like that needs to come down a bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, we ruined it. All right, let's talk about video game movies. Uh, 
so the way this first segment's going to work is we're just b basically going to talk about uh, the history of video game movies back from like the early 1990s when they were getting started uh, up to uh, what they are today with like the recent movies of Sonic and like Detective Pikachu and all stuff like that. Um, so I'm going to kind of group these into chunks of time um, and kind of the, the first kind of natural division of these movies is the 90s um, because that was kind of before Lara Croft and Resident Evil and there was like a different interpretation of like how people were very first like adapting video games to movies um so um, i guess maybe I'll, I'll throw it out for for comments on that side like i wasn't a big uh 90s video game guy and so like i didn't watch a ton of these but i know like there's some pretty big titles in that um so I'll, I, I'll throw it out to you guys for comments on this first um i'll start i guess uh okay. like we discussed this before but I think the the three main uh, mo video game movies that came out in the '90s were, jeez, uh, uh, Super, oh, Super Mario. Super Bros. Mario was the first yeah. one, naturally, um, which was I, okay, I'll leave my judgment on that. But <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario, there was uh, Street Fighter, and then two Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah, um, which, I mean. To, to start with, I'll, I'll start with the Mortal Kombat and the Street Fighter movies. I feel like, I think the, the issue <laughs> with those is that they were, they, they made it too like, at least for Street Fighter, especially for Street Fighter, they made it the plot too complicated, for like, a martial arts fighting movie. Like I to this day, I don't even remember why anything was happening. In that movie, there was like some political, like, like UN peacekeepers. <laughs> some weird agenda in the back going on. Yeah. M. Bison, there was some like tournament maybe, and and like one of the UN agents would like turned into Blanca. I don't know, <laughs> but like I think it's too much. Like, and I'll speak more on this later. But like it's it's one of those things where for a video game movie you have to like you want to keep it true to the source material, but you don't want to just like just so you can fit everything in, you have to make it make sense in like a certain way I, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense but like that's that's how i feel about it for the 90s ones at, at least the ni the 90s uh, was just an experimental time with movies right like i think hollywood was just getting loads and loads of money i actually the last time i was on this podcast i brought up like theodore rex uh and movies like that like coneheads right and Cino man you, you had like <laughs> these incredible movies but you they took big risks like mortal kombat was an interesting one because uh, and I'm going to speak to your audience right now. After you're done listening to Houston, we have a podcast uh, every single episode at least four times. Then uh, try it. You know, if you check out this uh, this podcast I've been listening to called Mortal Podcast, um, you you find out that like the first games that were out in the '90s for Mortal Kombat actually had this deep lore that you didn't really know about. It was going on in the background. They had this thing where like every time you won the game in the arcade, you got that character's actual story. What happens if they won Mortal Kombat? But there actually was an overarching story you got from the instruction manual or you got from like watching the title screen if you just sat staring at the arcade machine without putting a quarter in <laughs> and uh there's that like they tried to respect that but not enough right like they still have directors who want to get their things they have their actors who want scenes that you know and they want to be fantastical they want to spend that money so that they get money more budgets for cool things like that goro puppet is still like scary as hell <laughs> <laughs> uh but like you know, going back to it, like it, it tried to respect that source material, but that source material was actually super convoluted to begin with. Like, if have any of you guys played like the recent Mortal Kombat games? Like, it it just goes off the rails. No, I've uh, seen yeah. clips of it like on YouTube of like yeah. the story, and there's all these new people. Yeah, so many new people. Even Street yeah. Fighter Two, a lot of new people. It's, yeah. Uh, 
they keep tossing uh, so many new people that you can't keep up with these. They're not, like even Tekken, they're Tekken ten, mm. whatever now. So it's uh, yeah, it's hard to keep up with uh, their crazy but, stories. And I'm not gonna lie, like I didn't know that this story existed. Like I just thought, okay, it's Street Fighter. There's two characters that fight, right? Like I just assumed they made up the whole story. But you're telling me that this is actually based on part of the game? Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. Mortal Kombat especially. Like I would say the Mortal Kombat movie of those three that we talked about is probably the most true to the original story because back then. Yeah. Not a lot of people knew, just like you, they didn't know there was a story, uh, and the audience that played it was big enough to make a movie about, plus you already, you're capitalizing on the fact that people still like action movies, kung fu movies, and we can throw in these cool effects that we can spend money on, people are going to come see it. You you kind of do the same same thing, like, it, it builds up to the same thing we have now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it, it you know, you, you're inviting audiences to see something that they don't actually have to respect the source material to enjoy, uh, and that becomes like where the like you know gamers have an opinion whereas the general public has a different opinion right so well it's funny that you mentioned that especially about the first mortal Kombat, because i think of the three i think that was the most the the best received out of yeah. all the, <laughs> all the video game movies in the 90s because like even though it was like super cheese and super camp like it it was i think actually that's why people love it especially now it's like <laughs> like cult classic status because of those things uh, of because they tried to stay so faithful to the source material. Yeah. Where I mean like Street Fighter it, it's kind of along the same like it, it's people enjoy it because it's like funny because it's bad. Mhm. Uh yeah. nowadays too but not um I I think like Mortal Kombat 1 for sure has like legendary status on that on that uh note. And then Mortal Kombat 2 just like <laughs> went <laughs> went off the rails. Yeah. 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 yeah, I feel like uh, with the technology they had back in the time for like video and editing, I still think like you know that that's what uh, made those movies great too. That they didn't <laughs> have like more advanced, you know, uh, green screening and all that other type of stuff to uh, keep it uh, like exactly how it is in the game. <laughs> well, like what? Okay, it when it comes to like the special effects, what else was coming out coming out around that time that had like comparatively good effects? Like so what, I, I can't. What year was this coming out? Annihilation? For Mortal Kombat 1? Uh, well, 93 was Jurassic Park. Oh my god. So this is two <laughs> years after Jurassic Park. Um, and four years before Phantom Menace. <laughs> so, oh my god. I mean, the effects were good in Phantom Menace. Say what you want about the movie, but... <laughs> yeah, for the time. Yeah. I think Street Fighter blew their budget on Jean-Claude Van Damme, which I still think is so... <laughs> The worst choice for somebody who's supposed to be Mr. America. Yeah. Kyle, uh, yeah I was happy with that. <laughs> so, were any of these movies, like, would you guys consider any of them to be actually good? Because I'm not going to lie, I actually haven't seen any of them. Um, would you, like, are they good or are they enjoyable from a campy perspective or are they just bad? Um, I know controversially I do love the Mario movie, even though it's off the rails uh, from the actual thing. I would say Mortal Kombat is, though. I, I think it tries to stick enough to the story that it pays homage to the video game enough to be a good video game movie. Uh, but And I also just think it's an enjoyable experience until you get to Annihilation. Yeah, I mean, you me, can't Mortal really Kombat, take that one seriously. Sorry, Joe, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Paul. Yeah, no, for me, the same thing. I do. Uh, Mortal Kombat out of the three would be mine that sticks closest to the story is... Uh, good for people that don't even know the story it's just a good watch street fighter would be second just because i have a lot of nostalgia for that game but yeah super mario's is kind of uh, <laughs> low on that list i yep. i think i remember andy 
explaining to us what the Super Mario movie was about the first time yep. you were here. A hundred percent. I I apologize. I don't remember again. <laughs> okay. I, and um, I'm I'm wary of asking you to explain it again. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's just imagine like a, a retelling in in a weird way, right? Like John Leguizamo is Luigi, and he yeah. like you know Yoshi's like a little dinosaur, like a tiny little baby thing, like and Bowser's not a lizard, but like another guy who's trying to take over this alternate universe they ended up finding themselves in. Uh, it's it, it's good as like a, a again it's Mario. How much substance are you really gonna get from him anyway? So you might as well <laughs> tell his story a little different. Uh, but no, I, I enjoy it. But I, I do agree. Like when people say it's bad, I I can see why for sure. That's fair. That's how I feel about Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> um. So another question I had about the '90s movies. So I don't know if you guys remember the 2000 Hulk movie with Ang Lee. Um. And it was. That was like, and I'm gonna draw some parallels between like video game adaptations and superhero adaptations because I think there are some. But in 2000, you could tell that like somebody was working on superhero movies who didn't really understand comic books too well, and he was trying his best to. And I don't know if you remember these scenes in the Hulk, but he would actually try to put like three or four frames to make it look like the page of a comic book. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, oh my god, this is somebody who does not understand what he's at, <laughs> like adapting. Like, are there any parallels to that in those '90s game of like somebody being like, oh shit, we're adapting a video game, we got to throw this in there, uh, but it just like didn't really play off at all. Yeah, Carson, have you ever ever heard of Uwe Boll? <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Uwe Boll in. Uh, I have no clue what that section. is. <laughs> okay, I, I'm actually surprised, Andy, that you don't know who Uwe Boll is, but he's a German director, and he got. I have no idea how, but he got the rights to all these video games to make movies out of them, and they're complete shite. <laughs> oh, like, no, they're the worst. Like, I remember, I think maybe in the early 2000s, like, late 90s, um, there was two in particular that I watched because I was super excited to see them. So one was Alone in the Dark, which was a fairly popular <laughs> video game at the time, and then the other was uh, House of the Dead. Which I don't remember right. if you remember the zombie shooting game from the, yeah, uh, from the arcades. arcade. Yeah. yeah, the rail shooter, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so first I watched uh, House of the Dead, uh, directed by this guy, and it was so bad. Like, the characters were, like, just caricatures of, like, one – there was, like, an Asian girl with, like, an American flag bikini the whole the whole movie. <laughs> and, like, everything looked terrible. Like, there was no story. He intercut, like, shots of the actual arcade game into the movie – while they're like fighting zombies for I have no idea why and then it's just it, it, it's like I was I remember I was shocked like I was so upset after watching that and this is a time when I like when I enjoyed Phantom Menace like <laughs> <laughs> so this like really hurt me and then a couple of years later I watched Alone in the Dark not knowing it was the same guy and that was just as bad it's like like he it's there were like unfinished movies really yeah, I was actually going to talk about this a little bit later, but uh, I'll jump into it. Um, so Uwe Boll, between 2003 and 2008, he made seven video game adaptations into movies. Um, all seven of those were below 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of like, and this is like right on the heels of uh, Tomb Raider and Resident Evil, where it was like picking yeah. up steam. And I feel like he single-handedly held the genre back about 10, 15 years just because That's he made all of those adaptations for six years. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's it's like he doesn't he doesn't care any, about the video game at all. It's just, like, I have a name, 
So I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And then, sure, I'll put uh, some images of the arcade game. So uh, the fans of the actual <laughs> game, like, oh, here's something for you. That, which, like Carson, you were mentioning earlier. Like, I just, I actually, I have, I don't want to say hate. <laughs> strongly dislike. I have strong um, feelings for him. Although he did, um, last thing I'll say about him is that he, uh, I do respect he, he called out some of his movie critics to fight him in boxing. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I just damn, wish I could have been one of them. Um, I have a question about his casting because I, I haven't seen some of those. Does he seem like the guy that just casts people that look like the characters, but he completely changes the story, the character's personality? It's just, this looks like the main character, that's it? Or just nothing? It's There's all, no all over the place. <laughs> Um, you, um, have you guys played Far Cry? No. Um, no. I've watched people play it, but I've never played it. Personally. Okay. So. I mean, I, I haven't really either. But the the main the main character is like a like American. I mean, he seems like like standard American action hero, and he yeah. cast um, what's his name? Hugo Stiglitz from Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Hugo Stiglitz. Like very very German. Like heavy accent as the main guy from Far Cry. So oh. no, he does he does not. <laughs> <try. laughs> so I guess here's a question because um, you were talking about how he would splice in like actual video game footage into the movie itself, and uh, like as fans of video games, what do you expect in terms of fan service? Like um, I think we can talk about the Doom first person scene where it's like if you're making a, a movie based on a video game, do you have <laughs> Like, do you want to see certain homages back to the video game, or do you just want them to take the characters and the plot and the scenario and just turn it into a movie and don't like feel the need to bring it back to the game whatsoever? For for me, I just want to see one homage to the game. Uh, Doom, like in the beginning, that was that was perfect. Anything else after, I'm just like, as long as you give us that little bit of nostalgia from it, um, and I feel that craving for ours, then. I'm satisfied if they do that and then, you know, not have to clip in clips here and there or stick to maybe some stupid scripts in the game just because, you know, that's in the game. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that you, you just have to respect, like, certain things that have happened, right? Like, in Mortal Kombat, you know, they respect the fact that there is a tournament and that tournament supersedes everything. So, therefore, like, it respects that. I think the the troubling part, and I know we'll talk about it later, is that it, I think the – because I know you want to talk about with the – uh, superhero movies and I think when we get to that point it'll be an interesting discussion as to like for video games the differences but I think that shared the universe thing is, is very much like if I have a video game and, and in that video game something major happens you can't have a movie that refutes that in any sort of way I, I'd like homages to that it doesn't, the main characters don't have to be there but if you bring in the main characters then you have something that you have to respect and follow as a guideline otherwise you're messing with it too much mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean like I don't I don't mind Oh, uh, an homage, clearly, because again, Rogue One and stuff like that. <laughs> but like, um, it's it, to the point. Like, so one thing I want to make clear: the video game footage in House of the Dead is not an homage. <laughs> it's, it's like a fuck you to to oh, the, anyone watching the movie. Because like, it's you know when you, I can't, I need to be able to describe this so you guys understand. And like, I actually know what you're talking about. I've seen this footage. Do you? Like, it's literally oh, okay. just footage from the game spliced into like the the movie it doesn't make sense at all 
is it like really shittily spliced into like a back? Like yeah. people are walking and then they shove it in the background. No, no, like they're they're fighting zombies and they're like shooting them and then they go in yeah. slow motion and stuff, shit like that. And then it goes into like you know when in those old uh, shooting games in the arcade when you shoot at the screen and then it like flashes and there's like a little bullet hole. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. The, the animated zombie. It's going from live action action to that. It's like, it's just, <laughs> Alternate. It's like shot okay, reverse see, shot, like where idea. like you'll have like your footage of your main characters, uh, like you know shot reverse shot of like here's the people who are shooting, and then you go like change the shot to show what they're shooting at, and that's video game footage. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, yeah, but, that's a better way to. to but I feel like it. he was attempting o- to homage, and he's just a really shitty director. I mean, I sure maybe. <laughs> I don't want to give him that much credit though. Like I, I sincerely believe that he doesn't care about the video games that he's making the the movies of, and I'm sure this has been a discussion, and I just don't know enough about it, so maybe I'm wrong. But the way that he tackles it does not make it seem like he gives a shit. <laughs> and then comparatively, the the first person scene in Doom, I actually like I didn't even count that as an homage because I just it, I felt like it fit with the actual movie. Like yeah. he's a super soldier now, so like let's see everything how he's doing it from his perspective. Like that's cool. It's cool and it makes sense. And then the he had like the chainsaw. I think that was more of an homage to the whole like uh, what's it called? Then the whole first person uh sequence. Shooter setup, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna jump back a little bit because we jumped into like the mid two thousands with Uwe Boll. Uh but I wanna talk about uh Tomb Raider and Resident Evil. Uh because I think in the nineties you basically had like all these kind of shitty half ass attempts at like video game movies like some of them like they didn't really get mass appeal uh but then you had like the first two big blockbusters in the video game into like video game movie genre uh which is tomb raider and resident evil and when i was preparing for this episode before i had rewatched these movies i wanted to pose the question of why did these movies not work but then movies like x-men and people things that were really kicking off the superhero genre at the time like that exploded into what it is today uh and then i rewatched tomb raider and i realized why it did because it's <laughs> um, in my mind, it was a lot better than what it actually was, and it took me rewatching it to realize that. Um, it was successful. It was it? successful. It made yeah, a lot of was. money. It was not that successful from like a critical standpoint, like, <laughs> and I can see why. Um, but uh, yeah, I want I want your thoughts on those two movies and like what they led to, I guess, in the genre. I I have a theory about that, and I think. Specifically, the examples of Tomb Raider, maybe not so much Resident Evil, um, but the, I think, I feel like the directors of those movies were like, okay, video game movies, who likes video games? Like, guy, lonely guys who like hot girls. Yeah. <laughs> so, they put, okay, who's hot right now? Angela Jolie, she's the hottest uh, actress right now, so let's make her Tomb Raider, obviously. Not to mention that she does kind of, like, fit the role, sure. But then, like, let's all put all these scenes where she's, like, she's supposed to be, like, an archaeologist who's, like, really smart, but, like, she'll just walk around naked sometimes. <laughs> and then, um, like, Resident Evil, I don't know if Milo Jovovich had the same <laughs> appeal, but, like, she was naked a lot, too. So maybe they were, like, here, c- c- video game guys, watch this. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they had, like, Dead or Alive. Uh, yeah, I don't know you guys oh, remember? Yeah. That. yeah, yeah, Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> of course, Joe. <laughs> but, that's um, exactly what that's about. No, but I mean, like, I know that game too. But <laughs> it's basically like animated uh, women playing beach volleyball. But there's also like a fighting game, and then yeah, they the made a movie 
movie about that. So just like let's got all these hot actresses and like they'll fight and stuff. So I think they were like pandering to like a specific audience to <laughs> during that time period. Yeah. And I, I feel like that doesn't make for a great movie for for future. But I, I also think that's what made Resident Evil successful to the standpoint that they could make seven or eight movies or however many they make is like they knew who their audience was and they made a movie for that very specific audience. Uh, yeah. Like people who want to see, you know, woman video game character and hear like death metal music, even though it's completely <laughs> yeah. inappropriate in that point of a movie. But their audience that they're aiming for wants to see that, and so they just delivered that, and nothing else really mattered. I also think that uh, storyline-wise, like you also had convoluted stories. Like you had Tomb Raider, which was like a PC game mostly, just came out. You know, it was on the PS1, I believe, right? It, I don't. It never came to Nintendo or anything, but uh, it was available there. Oh, yeah, just Sony, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you had, uh, like, Resident Evil. You had many different games, different storylines, different things. These are low-stakes mo- movies to, like, make, like, uh, to take and make into movies. Sorry, low-stakes games you can take into movies because you're not establishing, like, you're not going up against, like, these established storylines. You're not going up against these things. You can have a reimagining of them because they weren't, uh, like, that well. You, you brought up X-Men. X-Men had, like, cartoons and comics. So people are used to seeing different stories of X-Men. They're used to seeing, like, you could accept the fact that you're going to see Hugh Jackman not wearing a yellow suit. Uh, and, you know, you would buy into that and it would be successful because you could you could separate the fact that this is the movie version and then there's the cartoon version, there's the comic version. So I think that with the video games, the same, like, you ha- you finally had these games that you could make a, movies like that were very different and also be successful without it, like, tarnishing the story people had in their minds. Uh, for for me, my theory too on let's say why uh, superhero movies uh, worked more than uh, video games. I feel like video games back then um, in that period were still a small niche compared to comic books and those heroes. Uh, comic books, you could see them. Uh, you could go in a, a store and then read it. You see it on TV compared to uh, video games, where unless at that time you know your family could actually afford the gaming system, you're not too familiar with this. Even if you didn't game, like you know you'd see those superheroes more. And they're somewhat still more relatable. As a kid, well, what are you looking more forward to? Having like um, metal spikes for claws or <laughs> shooting zombies? You're you're more into like that something that is more, I guess, uh, in a fantasy realm. That's also might be more relatable than some of the video games at the time, like Super Mario and you know, Mortal Kombat, all that stuff. I yeah, I agree to with both of you guys to a certain point. But then for Resident Evil specific specifically, that's where it bothers me because. Like, Resident Evil, if you follow the series, it has a really cool story. Like, it's a zombie movie, which is pretty standard, but, like, the the, the progression of the story is, like, really interesting. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of it, and I've played all the games, so maybe I'm biased, but, like, what they did with the movies, like, to... this It's, it's an example of moving too far away from the source material, where you have the characters, but they're not the characters. It just... It's a name. And then, especially, like, in the later ones, like, I remember there was, I don't even remember which Resident Evil movie it was, because they call, they all kind of just, like, meld together in a <laughs> blurry mess. But there's, like, one movie where they I, they shoehorned, like, every single character from, like, multiple games in one sequence. And, like, they're trying to save Alice. Number one, the main character, sorry, I forgot about this, Alice, Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Not even in any of the games. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for me for Resident Evil. It was it was always Leon and Claire. Those were the yeah. main two. And then yeah. when they do Alice, I'm like, I didn't know who that was. 
and then it's they don't even introduce those characters to like Resident Evil Six or whatever, or what, like later on, not even in like the first yeah, two. That's the one I'm, that's the one I'm talking about, and they yeah. they all show up, and they're just like, oh, okay, these are the characters, but they're like <laughs> they're cardboard cutouts, like with names, <laughs> and then they'll do a cool thing, and then they die, and then that's like, why are they even here? Like you're not, this is not Resident Evil anymore. Yeah. But I think that's like that's what the the superhero movies do so well, right? Like they have the you have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and as soon as you have that, you can separate it from completely. Like this is what's going on in this comic because the comics also have their own universe, right? They have their like certain timelines and and different things are happening. You know, Superman's dead in one, and and Batman's dead in the other, right? Like uh, they do that so well, and I don't think video games has got to that point. So I think that that's where that separation has not occurred where we can actually do that with the main characters. Like like you said, like Alice is not in any of the games. Jill Valentine shows up and she's not like the other people. I think Wesley was in the last one or whatever. And I don't really know Resident Evil that well. And my friends were so mad. Wesker, sorry. They were so mad. (laughs) And I was sitting there and I'm like, I I, I don't see it, but I'll be mad with you. Sure. Why not? Uh, Because I, I guess you don't have that separation yet. Right. So they're just taking this IP that's never been changed before. And then, they're exposing it to like, because when I show Marie, my my wife like a movie or like about a video game and stuff, she's not gonna play the game with me. She's not gonna get to know the character the same way I did. So her only exposure is this two-hour film, and if they don't do it justice, then I have to sit there <laughs> angrily justifying why that is not the case. Right? Like, <laughs> so as somebody who's never played the Resident Evil games and not a lot of these other games that these movies are based off, like how well defined are these characters? Because whenever I've played like video games that have like more of a, a story to them i mean isn't the point of a video game is your main character is supposed to be you and you kind of influence who that character is supposed to be like how well are they defined versus you kind of bring yourself into it because in my mind that's been kind of the thing i've held video game movies back is like how well defined is your main character versus superheroes where it's like it's a narrative character that is told to you who it is I think for Resident Evil, it doesn't follow that typical, like, it could be you. Because all the people that you play as are such well-defined characters in themselves that it's more of like, this is a cool person that you would like to be, maybe, in this situation. I think. Something like that. Um, Compared to, I don't know, like, Halo Master Chief, like, it's just a faceless guy, it could be you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's, that's another reason why it makes me so mad just seeing them, like, as side pieces to this random Alice girl. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Just makes me so bad. I did like that they topped in, that they uh, brought in Nemesis just because in the, the game he was actually one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Remember that for uh, your rapid fire questions, Joe. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, okay, let's jump forward to, I guess, kind of the modern revival of video games, maybe in like, well, okay, is there anything before 2016 you want to talk about um, I I want to talk about that Street Fighter movie and the half Asian Chun Li uh, that I I just it was like I think that that was like a, a funny like that one I refused to see it they they did like it was such 90s fan service where they like even a character from the Black Eyed Peas like one of the actors like was the, a group member from the Black Eyed Peas which one uh, uh the guy with the long hair he played Vega which was taboo, like again taboo. yeah yep. that was really annoying. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because it, it made me so mad. It was one because I I really love Street Fighter. Like Street Fighter is like 
I got my like Ryu right here. Uh, <laughs> like I, I love Ryu is my favorite. Sorry. Right? <laughs> Ryu is my favorite and Street Fighter too. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. And like and the thing is, Chun Li has like this amazing story. Uh, if you've ever seen like the animated movie from back in the day, or in like you know played the games, and she has this really cool story. And they just like I don't know, like it was just it was just such service. Like I guess I'm still mad about like Jake Gyllenhaal as the Prince of Persia too. Like that whole <laughs> I was, I was gonna just, say that racial thing. Oh my god! I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna talk about that one. <laughs> there's a racial theme you can pick up on with my my uh, my bickering here, but I, I also think again it was still like video game movies just showing that they couldn't make it, and then then we get to the revival where I think we're finally at a point where we're seeing some really like high quality video game movies. Uh, one comment I want to make about that period before the revival is I rewatched the Do movie, and like a lot of people talked a lot of shit about that movie, but like. I would put it in my top three video game movies of all time. Like, it's, it's pretty solid. Well, it, it's interesting. Like, I went back on some of the comments that were coming back at the time, and, like, because this was right when The Rock was starting his career, and people were just yeah. saying, like, oh, are you kidding me? You're going to get a wrestler hold down the dramatic moment? <laughs> it's like, they, they did not know what was coming. But, like, if you had a movie coming out today where it was, like, a zombie movie with The Rock and Carl Urban, like, everyone would be all over that. Um, <laughs> and they were both pretty solid. Well, maybe not so much Carl Urban, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Carl Urban has like his certain following, especially like with the boys and with oh, Dread. True. Like he's, he's got true, some yeah. solid stuff out there. I mean, I like him. I just didn't think that I, was like. I, I liked him for Dread. Appeal. Yeah, I, I thought he was good for Dread. Yeah, no, that was a good one too. Oh, wait, yeah. is Dread a video? No, it's not. <laughs> That's a video game, isn't it? It's a comic oh, book. It a, oh, it's a comic book. Okay, sorry, I thought oh, that it's was a video superhero. It's, he falls within the the theme. It's okay, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Call back to the episode I was on. I think that was Carson's choice for a video game. Judge oh. Dredd. Judge Dredd. Oh, but, yeah. oh. I literally listened to it this morning. So. <laughs> it's all fresh. <laughs> nice. There was um there was one more. Oh, there, I wanted to make the the point where I, I like. I don't know if um superhero movies uh like blew up at the same time as like with the, at the time that we're saying where video games were struggling i mean they they did set a good foundation because like x-men spider-man um well iron man was a little bit later but they also for every x-men x-men geez or or spider-man they had like a daredevil which was like it, it kind of I, but i i feel like those probably those probably didn't set them back as bad as something like Uvable. <laughs> okay i I won't go down that road because i'll just get mad at uve bull again (laughs) so andy you made a comment around like they're starting to do things a bit better in this revival how much of the because uh also joe you had made a comment earlier on of like there weren't as many much of a fan base for these people like for these movies to appeal to so i think there's a bit more success i don't think they've 100 percent cracked the code of like how do you translate video games into movies yet but they're certainly doing a little bit better and how much of this is they're actually doing stuff better versus there's just more of an audience because people who were like there's more people playing video games who understand like the material I, I like from my point, I, I would say that like I think they're doing better because they're starting to respect the source material a lot more. Like Sonic, I, I'm sorry, I know it has an anime and I know it has all these things, but the Sonic game itself doesn't really have a lot of substance other than this hedgehog just running around yeah. in circles, right? <laughs> like there's not much more to it. And yet, what they did was they changed so many things in that movie, right? Like they took the rings and they gave it a completely different power than the game, right? Like they they did all these things, but the first things they did was establish legitimacy by saying like you know like the his origin story literally has so many 
many homages to the first level of the Sega Genesis game that I played as a kid, right? Like they they took these things and then, but they they took it aside, but they didn't take it so much to the side. Detective Pikachu. Uh, like if you play Pokemon, you know that there are many Pikachus. It's not just the Pikachu. Usually, they want to capitalize on the Pikachu from the cartoon and the game. They want to they want to use that specific Pikachu. And, and when you take the specific characters people love and do things that are different, that changes them. Whereas Detective Pikachu is a completely different one, and they take a, have a completely different side story. Ash, Misty, Brock, they're not involved. Red, Blue, they're not involved. Like nothing is touched from the canon, but it acknowledges the games and the universe of the games, right? And that's that's something that I, I like, yeah. And that one's a bit of a unique scenario, too, because Detective Pikachu, not only is it based on the video game, but, like, it's actually its own book series, right? Not, I'm not I, too sure. I'm not too sure about that. I know it has its own game. Like, they have the Detective Pikachu game yeah. uh, series as well. Oh, I thought it was based on, like, a book that was, or, like, a comic book series that was out of it. It's, There's it's, so much things coming stemming from Pokemon. It could yeah. be true. Like, yeah, yeah, like it's hard to keep up with it. Yeah. And that actually reminds me, funny, where the um the the first Pokemon movie, yeah. that yeah. one was like completely true to the source material. It had Brock, it had Misty, yeah. it had Ash. But it was a story that was animated. Sorry, it was like actually animated too, right? Yeah, well, yeah. To how it actually was compared mm. to them like uh, live actioning it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it still counts. Like it's a movie, and it, that one was actually really, really good. And I can't believe I forgot about it when we were talking about like the earlier times. Like I, I almost, I think I would prefer that over Detective Pikachu, actually. But I mean, 100%, the revival like this time right now is <laughs> definitely better. Wait, so wait, did you know that they had reanimated that movie and it's on Netflix? Reanimated. Yeah, it's like it's like three D animated, and all the Pokemon are like fuzzy and stuff, and everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, check it out, check it out. It's the same oh, okay. movie, same movie, same movie. Same movie. Oh okay. shit. Okay. Yeah, I will watch that. I got nothing but time. <laughs> uh, how do you guys feel about Warcraft? Um, for me, uh, I was more into Starcraft than the Warcraft. Uh like I guess a game and um, how do you say generation or uh, universe so for me Warcraft um, I'm not too familiar with the storyline um, past the first game which even then it was more fuzzy uh, but I do still like the fact that they tried to bring a game like uh, like Warcraft or Starcraft or even Red Alert like one of those strategy games into a movie compared to more of like a first person shooter or like but yeah, it was just it, it was nice uh, for me because it was the game is so similar to StarCraft that it kind of gave me hope that you know it would make something similar. But uh, as a movie by itself, it is just um, something you could just watch and be like entertained with it. The CGI is I'm happy that they had CGI in it. If it was more, I guess more live action, then I might have been disappointed. But yeah, overall, I was still pretty happy with uh, Warcraft. Not too sure how it translates story-wise, if it stayed true to it or not. I mean, the first Warcraft, I think, was pretty much that, like orcs versus humans. There's not much yeah. story past that. Yeah, because after the like Warcraft three, they started having new like uh, like elves there's and all the other races that you could play. And, and there's an actual like story, like a main character to follow with his own storyline, where he becomes like the Frost King or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I but I mean, say, I, I. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead, Carson. I was gonna say work. Like I was thinking about like ranking all the video game movies that are out there, and I actually put Warcraft number one. 
uh, although it's not a very high bar because I don't think I'm in love with any of them. Um, but I don't know, like it, it's the only video game movie where I've left and immediately gone and started to like look up the lore because it made me interested about the world and like what they were referring to and who these characters were and like there's there's a lot of problems with that that movie as well, but. I, I at least felt like it made me curious about the world and wanted me to... I wanted to see more. <laughs> I mean... I feel like yeah, that's a I mean, like, statement. I, yeah, no, I... I, 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 I kind of... That's why I was saying Warcraft, like, as a movie, I'm like, yeah, it was... It was, like, a, a solid movie, not in, like, a 7 out of 10, just solid with the setup and everything and uh, how they went about it um, storyline-wise. It's... I thought it was still something that was, uh, you know, just a good movie watch in general. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you're into it enough, exactly what Carson said, like, you you might be intrigued to actually research some of the, the characters and be like, what actually happened here? For me, because I did game, I was kind of like, um, I think I looked at the main character. I'm like, oh, he's from this timeline. I'm like, oh, okay. It's, uh, I, I got out of it quick just because I'm kind of familiar, but I can see how I could draw some people in that aren't too familiar. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to say, too, because, like, most of the video game movies that I've seen, I'm already familiar with the source material. So something like Warcraft, which is definitely one of the better uh, video game movies, like, I'm not as interested in that actual universe. So it's, like, in the end, it's kind of, like, meh for me, <laughs> even though it looks super cool. But, like, something if, – if I were to – if I had never played Doom – and I watched that movie, then I would, I, I think I would have this, it would have the same effect on me that Warcraft had on Carson. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. They surprised him perfectly. Uh, any last movies you guys want to comment on about like the recent revival before we kind of move forward? Um, I think we've covered some that I was thinking of already, so. And I, yeah. I don't think we need to go into the superhero movies of the revival era because <laughs> we all know how well they're doing. <laughs> well, so that's a question that I wanted to po pose to you guys to close off this segment is we're starting to like, I think video game movies and superhero movies and to a certain extent fantasy movies kind of compete for the same core audience. And I think that audience is starting to feel a bit of superhero fatigue and wanting something different. So do you think superheroes are going to continue to kind of dominate that audience or do you think video game movies are about to make their move? I think video games might be able to make make a move in or at least share the universe to maybe an equal or close to equal extent just because I feel like with gaming being so big any old school fans for a lot of the old games are all uh, pretty much our generation um, it brings back nostalgia and like back then it was kind of like I guess geeky or not as cool to be into video games but now it's more widely acceptable so it's uh I know, I feel like it's something that Hollywood might chase after properly, and for fan base-wise, even people that don't know, they might be familiar with uh, the, the title name from, hey, that was a game back in the day, I never played it, but let's check it out. And yeah, I think it'll bring some uh, intrigue, and uh, it could uh, yeah, it could level out with uh, superhero movies, but superheroes, um, yeah, that's kind of a, uh, a tall building to, to chase down. <laughs> like, I, I'd probably say that, like, I, I agree that, that it's going to be hard. I, I can't see video game movies making a comeback like that only because even with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have you might have different little studios that are making them, but they all have the same access to the same information. They all have the same goal. They have the, the same web of development uh, that they can tap into and resources that they can tap into. And quite honestly, if the things are getting stale, they'll just change it, right? Guardians is doing well, though. There's a lot more comedy in all the rest of the movies, right? Like they keep adding to their formula. Whereas the video game movies, 
the franchises are so separated, right? Like Naughty Dog, if they want to make an Uncharted movie, they'll be the only ones who make that Uncharted movie. Uh, and you have other studios that might delve into movies, but all their best ideas are going to be saved for the game, right? All their creatives and all their potential, all their talent is really just geared towards making the games. I I wish we could see them make the jump to put more into movies so we could get like more, you know, stories for like between the games. Like I would love to see Kratos, like, you know, God of War <laughs> game that's between games or a movie that's like between the games or something like to that effect. But I, I just don't see them putting the resources towards it uh, the same way video uh, like superhero ones do. Yeah, I I agree. I I think like there, so I think video games will never fill that void if superhero movies, uh, superhero movies, uh, <laughs> if the fatigue of those uh, like really sets in. Because one, I don't think it's really gonna set in. Because if if since it's already kind of starting, even though I don't think it's really starting, we'll still have like anti superhero stuff. So we'll have like. <laughs> Yeah. Dead. Well, Deadpool is still superhero. <laughs> we have like the boys. We have like Brightburn. Well, no one really cared about that one either. Even though I it was a cool movie. movie. I, I liked it too, but like it wasn't like super popular. But like bef- before anything gets to video game movies like blowing up, I think it's it'll go through anti superhero. Unless I have one caveat: if they make a Last of Us movie oh, and God. They do it properly. That will, I think, that will open the floodgates for. <laughs> it could be the Logan of of video game movies because there's so much heart in that in that game, and like, it. That's a later segment, but <laughs> I, I think th- that uh, that could be the catalyst for the video game movie comeback. <laughs> I, I think um, one of the things. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was just gonna add on to one of your points where um. I feel like with a lot of good video, like the good video games now, with good storylines, um, like Last of Us, I think they really do in the games too. From uh, adding with your point, where it's hard for them because they they already put full effort into the storylines and the cinematics even in the game, and trying to rush that like what let's say eighty hour gameplay into two hours of like of the actual video, that would be hard to to kind of you know capture the whole essence of the character and the game compared to a superhero where you could just do their first fight against the first villain and you know that's one small segment to a whole uh thing of x-men or anything like that yeah i think that like uh with with video games i think one of the caveats that we have to like keep in mind is that the we also have to compare them to the way like book adaptations are, right? Like it's just like Joseph was saying, like eighty-hour video games, right? There's a lot more to it than just watching a character on your screen play. You have like you, when you make those movements with your thumbs or VR, whatever, you're so invested, right? Like when that character gets shot, it's because you did something wrong. You went out of cover. You, you and that investment is something that's really hard to put onto a movie where you don't have that control, like you don't have that same relationship with the medium, right? Uh, and especially, and then the length of time on top of it as well. Like you, without that, without condensing all those, it's hard to con- to do that when with like a superhero movie. Just like you said, like you can you can make it episodic. Can you do that for a video game movie? <laughs> yeah, unless you get a really good director and they make you care about the characters. <laughs> yeah, or unless they make it like a sequel, like they plan the sequel out or something. Or, or like series, just, even with contained with one movie, like if they can make you really love that character just as much as everyone loves fucking Alice from Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, not fucking Alice, but like <laughs> that fucking well, that core audience. That's what they want. Um, all right, let's close off that segment. Um, I know we are going to talk about some of those same things later about like what 
aspects of a video game are better to adapt than others. So we're going to come back to that. Uh, but first, Paulo, you're going to run a segment around video game characters and casting them uh, with current day actors and actresses. I am. I like this I'm one. very happy about this one, actually. So uh, <laughs> exactly what Carson said, what we're going to do. I have a list of uh, it's a combination of like iconic video game characters, some a little more obscure. I didn't want to get too like I, I didn't want I, I tried to shy away from uh, mostly characters that were already cast as um, um, cast in. Oh, my God. Video game characters that were already cast in movies. Um, I have a few that we could potentially recast. <laughs> cough, cough, <laughs> Resident Evil. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if uh, if we can we can put real time faces, not real time, like real life faces to uh, the video game okay. names characters. Um, so I, I mean, let's get right into it. And like, we can if you guys want, you can like talk about what that video game would look like with that character and with that actor. I mean, I, I have a few of those and I'll try not to talk too much, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, so the first one is, uh, Samus from Metroid. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like this one was kind of obvious for me, but I'll, I'll let you guys go first. Um, uh, for, for me, for this one, my obvious, the first person at least that came to mind was someone that was already cast into a video game turned into a movie it was Scarlett Johansson, because she was also in Ghost of the Shell. But when I thought about it, too, I was thinking maybe Blake Lively might be a, a, a good uh, cast for uh, Samus. Um, my Is one she issue, bad though, enough, though? She, she can be, just because I've seen some of her movies where she's kind of like the bad character. Um, uh, where, yeah, I could, I could actually see that. Um, but my okay. thing with, with Samus, Samus uh, most of the movie, they have their helmet on. So it's more of like a reveal at the end where they take it off. If they do anything with her too much without the helmet on, I feel like it takes away from at least the original game of Metroid. For any character they cast. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Blake, Blake Lively. I, I feel like there's no way that... Thank you. There's no way that they could have a, um, a Samus movie without having um, the the... Without having Samus take her helmet off. Like, yeah. you, you'd have a good amount of Zero Suit Samus. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we talked about like having Tomb Raider and like Dead or Alive, and the the, the video game main character has to be hot. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, Andy, how about you? Uh, Brie Larson. Ooh. Oh, I'm okay with that too. Uh, yeah, I, th I think she would do well. I think she has the face for it, even if you, if and like uh, like I think she has the demeanor, and I think she has the potential for that. And I agree. Uh, for the most part, the helmet is on. Uh, especially with how poorly Other M was received, I don't think we want a movie to set off the bad tone, right? So, <laughs> I, I agree. Right. A I agree a hundred percent with the demeanor. Um, mm -hmm. The only thing I would say is that, well, actually, no, it would probably be a plus that uh, Captain Marvel seems very close to uh, Samus's powers, with, like shooting from her arms. Oh, her arms. <laughs> so I mean, maybe it'll work in her favor. Yeah, she's got the motions down. You can, you can <laughs> run through production. It's all good. Now <laughs> everyone just won't hate her anymore. <laughs> So I don't know much about who the actual character is, and that's going to go for most of these characters. Uh, so I'm going based on the look. I had originally cast Elizabeth Debicki, uh, who oh. is tall blonde woman who was in Widows, um, a few other things. Uh, but then I re or I watched uh, Luc Besson's new movie Anna uh, recently, and I decided that Sasha Luss, who is the main character of that movie, would be a better fit for this one. 
It was very similar, but I saw her in more of an action role, so I was down with it. Oh, I could see Sasha Lots as her, too. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, both of them played the aliens in Valerian. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Elizabeth Debicki was, was in um I think Valerian. she just Valerian? voiced it. I don't think she Oh, okay. Because she wrong. was... Uh, yeah, no, because she was in... Um, uh, what's that? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, right? Yeah, she was the gold lady. Yeah, yeah. So that one, that one would be interesting, especially the the size, uh, the matching height. <laughs> and yeah, like, for, for me, that's why I thought Blake Lively, like figured, like she's kind of long and slender, which for <laughs> me, for me, which or tall, sorry, tall and slender, which for me was what the Metroid suit kind of looked like, aside from obviously the armor to make it look buff-ish. But, True. Yeah. yeah. I thought Jennifer Lawrence because I just thought like big blockbuster Metroid movie. <laughs> <laughs> So biggest name that's blonde, obviously, but also her like her her character and her demeanor. I felt like uh, along the same lines of Brie Larson would be a, would lend to a good uh, sadness. That'd be good. Um, how about Fox McCloud from Star Fox? Ooh, um, for me, the only reason I'm casting this person is because face shape, just a, a I don't know why the face shape and maybe <laughs> hairstyling kind of reminds me of purely Fox. on appearance. <laughs> yeah, maybe not size of the character because you know how they're kind of like um uh there are characters in there the i don't know it's uh it's a little obscure there but uh i would cast joel McHale as starfall oh wow he was just, in, he was an alternate for earthworm jim for me but sorry <laughs> for me he was just on face shape wise something about his face shape just screamed uh star fox for me his, his um his personality actually kind of matches fox too now that i think about it that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, or sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Andy. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, Carson. I was just uh, like, wow, Joel McHale. <laughs> so this one also, I don't know much about the character. I'm assuming this is like a Rocket Raccoon type character where it's more based on the voice. Um, That's a good And I cast Shamik Moore. Who was in a movie called Dope? Uh, you're talking about Booksmart. Uh, Dope was a movie that's kind of similar, but like, to that, but like different plot. Um, he also did the voice of Miles Morales in the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought he might be good, purely based on one Google image search I did of this character. <laughs> <laughs> thought you'd make a good Fox. <laughs> I could see it though. I could see it. Yeah. Uh, Andy, how about you? Uh, I got a kind of a tie. Um, I think John Mulaney would do a really good job as like, I think that he has that voice that like weird, like I know he was also into the Spider-Verse as well. I I think that he has that voice and he can do that like commanding voice from like the N64 game. Like you can hear him say to do a barrel roll and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I think what would, I don't know why I thought this, but if, if I wanted to see a movie, I would love to see Michael B. Jordan do the voice. I think that like, he has that, like, he still has that, uh, that, that like authority, but it's a little bit smoother. And yeah. like you know what I mean, like I feel like it start. I think one of the campy things about Star Fox is like how seriously he takes himself. I mean, he is, <laughs> he is fighting in the plane, and I get it, but I don't know. I think that Michael B. Jordan would be an interesting take. That would be a super suave Star Fox. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm on board with that one for sure. Um, I I picked Nick Kroll. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, two parts. One just in the face looking, <laughs> like kind of a, a fox type person but two oh. he kind of has like smart ass uh character down pat and i feel like he's not very he's not like a typical action guy or not he's just not an action guy at all but i think he could voice it pretty well did a good job on brooklyn 99 
that paintball oh. episode was amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I, I actually forgot he was in that one where he uh, die-hearted. Uh, die-hearted that one, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so good. We, we, we've hit our quota of TV uh, references for this episode. <laughs> <So>, sorry. <laughs> no, I have more. <laughs> um, okay, so here's a recasting for you guys. Mario and Luigi. <laughs> um, with me for Mario and Luigi, in the movie I have in my mind would be a comedy, and who I would cast as Mario and Luigi would be Jimmy Kimmel, <laughs> and and as Michael, Mario? yeah, and Michael Pe- uh, Pena, 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 uh, as uh, Luigi. Because <laughs> <laughs> for me in my head, Luigi is a little more si- a little more silly than Mario, and you know I I don't know. <laughs> That's my cast. This is gonna be a comedy of them, just you know, their day by day. <laughs> <laughs> just a day by day of yeah, that's just how they live normally. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the movie uh, War on Everyone. It's on Netflix. Yeah, uh, starring Michael yep. Pena. That's like that's what came to mind when you said that casting. Yeah, <laughs> I I must say that is the least expected uh, answer from any of these so far. That I... <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, Carson, how about you? So I picked Oscar Isaac for Mario and Adam Driver for Luigi. Oh my God! Uh, Adam Driver for Luigi too. <laughs> and it was purely based on I feel like they could be comedic and have mustaches. <laughs> yeah, I could feel yeah he, he pretty much has a mustache in that uh, other movie. Shoot, I forgot name. Uh, Who, who's the sorry, who's the first one? Oscar Isaac. Uh, Paul Dameron. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely, yeah. I see it, I see it. <laughs> he's, I, I feel like he's not portly enough <laughs> to be Mario. He's, he's in too good of too good the thing shape. Thing is, like, if you make yeah, a Mario like Luigi a... movie, like, you can't make a shitty Mario movie. Like, it would have to be like a four hundred million dollar movie. And so you're making them not as as fat and old and as bald as they are in there. Like, you gotta you gotta have some <laughs> sex appeal in there. <laughs> definitely, definitely Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver actually. Both, both of them, they can pull that off. Of the, that's that's of more the suave than Michael B. Jordan as Star Fox. 100%. <laughs> uh, Andy, um, I'm so glad I'm going after Carson. Uh, H. John Benjamin and Jake Johnson. H. John Benjamin. So H. John Benjamin, I, I went off voice alone, and I know this sounds strange because we're not going to get an Italian. Mario, if he's actually going to talk for more than twenty words, because uh, no one's going to listen to it. it's a it's a it's a it's a like no, I'm not going to listen to that for two hours. So, Ashton Benjamin, he's the voice of Bob's Burgers, and Archer, and so he's got that like he's okay. not just that commanding like angry because I just imagine they'll do the same thing, right? Like it'd be I, I imagine this Mario that's a little more New York plumber angry, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Jake Johnson like Luigi's like the bumbling kind of idiot, like uh, you know, and Jake Johnson does that well. Is it Jake Johnson? From yeah. New Girl? Yeah. Yeah. And The uh, Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could see Jake Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know they don't fit the profiles, like, with body type, but I think that, like, with the personality and the voices, uh, and like Carson said, with the money that they'll spend in it, they'll find a way to make it work. Are you thinking, like, yeah. an animated version for that one? I, You know what? With video games, I, I know it's such a cop-out, but I always think animated. Uh, <laughs> I, I always do. Always, which you can like the the Star Fox one. I'm assuming was gonna be animated. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny cause it's funny how Mario and Luigi is the one where we all kind of went off the rails a little bit. <laughs> but for Mario and Luigi, for Mario, I had Josh Gad, um, who was uh, 
uh, LeFou in Beauty yeah. and the Beast. Uh, I forget what else he was in. He's like he's just the silly guy most of the time. Uh, and then I had Adam Driver like Carson as Luigi, and I was visual I visualized like a like a, a deadpan comedy <laughs> um, where it's basically like the dead don't die. Um, the Adam Driver's character in that, but that's how Luigi is. Not probably not gonna be a good movie, but <laughs> I thought that got the cast just like right. the dead don't die. Yeah, <laughs> you know who I could see Josh Gad playing in that Ma- Mario Luigi. I could see him being Wario in that one. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Face shape, everything. Yeah. <laughs> or he could play both of them. <laughs> oh, they just, well, yeah, they just switch them up. Uh, yeah. Alright, uh, next one. Uh, next one is uh, Link and Zelda. So I'll go first on this one. I felt that the world of Zelda should have all Asian actors. Uh, for whatever reason. Uh, so I cast uh, Ki Hong Lee as Link. Uh, he's in the Maze Runner movies. He was also on... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I forget that one YouTube series. Uh, Wong Fu. Wong Fu, yeah. And then I cast uh, Claudia Kim as Princess Zelda. Ooh, okay. Who is Nagini in the new Fantastic Beast movie. Yes. Yeah. Nagini, yeah. That, um... <laughs> I for one of the later ones I had to search uh, Asian actresses on Google. <laughs> that's kind of that's one of the most uncomfortable Google searches. That that's I, how I arrived at Ki Hong Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, Andy, you go next. Uh, I think if it was going to be a cartoon, I would do voice actors. So I do Young Link as Tom Holland, and older Link as Elijah Woods. Uh, just because I've watched an interview with Elijah Woods recently, and I feel like he has that kind of like it's still a little boyish, but uh, yeah. he, he does sound like an adult. But if we were going to do like live action, I I don't know. Um, for some reason, I would love to see like an older Link as Nikolai Coster Waldo. Is that how you say his name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do have old Link, young Link, so it could work. Yeah. Um, I picked Tom Holland too. Oh, you picked him too? Yeah. Um, what's my chick's name? Okay. Or wait, wait, Zelda? Wait, what about Zelda? Oh. Um, oh. oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I, I just figured out someone. <laughs> I didn't like, know the first, and I'm just figured someone for princess right now. <laughs> okay, we'll let we'll let Joe go yeah. if you if yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, for me, the uh, first one I thought of was Link. Link was always my favorite character in Super uh, like Super Smash and everything. For me, first thought I thought of um obviously uh, I thought of this I thought of Legolas. Um, from uh, <laughs> Orlando, think, Orlando yeah, Bloom. Orlando Bloom just because of Legolas. But realistically, um, I don't know if you remember the guy that played. Cyclops' brother, I think it's uh, Lucas Hill in X Men. Uh, wait, Cyclops' brother. I, I oh, in first class. Havoc, first, Havoc. Yeah. In uh, in one of the X Men uh, middle first class or something maybe. Yeah. Middle but, class. Uh, whoever played Havoc. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, the reason being is because he kind of has a baby face, and hair wise, I feel like uh, he might be a similar build and style. Uh, and for me, for Princess, I would choose uh, Lily Reinhardt, a chick in uh, Riverdale. <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like she would pull off the the character uh, looks wise, and maybe um, yeah, helpless princess she could do that. <laughs> I, I thought of her too, but I felt like she was not helpless enough. <laughs> like she's she's very like type A like like alpha woman ish. Alpha woman, yeah, yeah. Is Princess Zelda really on... helpless? I know, but she goes to be like she no. c- because she, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but. I mean, I I don't know if 
if Lily Reinhardt can play the helpless side, the Zelda side, where she is not. Yeah. <laughs> we know you mean that way. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had Tom Holland as Link, and I, I picked Saoirse Ronan as uh, Zelda Who? because uh, uh, she's um, oh jeez, she's in Little Women. <laughs> she she uh, she's in a lot of stuff. I can't. She was in Mary remember. Queen of Scots in Brooklyn. She was nominated for an Oscar a couple years ago. Um, uh, yeah, she was also in. Oh, like a, okay, that's it. Yes, okay, I remember her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she's awesome, so I want her in more movies. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Earthworm Jim. Mine is just a straight shoot in the dark. I only did this based on his face wise and someone that had you know a long long face, regular ish shape, and um, I don't know how he would play as Jim's character. Uh, I kind of somewhat forgot how his actual personality is in the game. But he's the earthworm. He's skinny tall. I put Danny, uh, Danny Putty. I uh, <laughs> played uh, Abed from uh, Community. I mean, nice. full support of that. <laughs> but that, that's that. why I would. That's what I do because he seems like he, yeah, just an awkward guy who can make some jokes here and there. And it's like yeah. a goofy hero. Yeah, goofy hero. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I peg Earthworm Jim's character. So I, yeah, I agree with that one. Um, let's go clockwise now in the in the video <laughs> video chat, Andy. <laughs> Uh, John Krasinski. Oh, that's uh, a, that's a cute one. <laughs> I, can, I can see, yeah, no, no, I, I can see that. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he's fun, and I also chose someone who I was watching on Netflix. Uh, in <laughs> watch rewatching The Office. Uh, I've been rewatching The Office and Community like crazy. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think he would do well. Like he can be serious. Like not that Earthworm Jimmy is serious very often, uh, but I think that Krasinski has shown himself to be a, a decent like he can be in action movies he can be a little serious but he can be really goofy right like he can be really fun and he yeah. can be really stupid he can be really like really silly and like that silliness lends itself well to like this bumbling hero that is Earthworm Jim yeah. <laughs> I mean he's a worm yeah. <laughs> uh, Carson uh, I went with Jermaine Clement oh he's he's a little uh, stocky isn't he <laughs> well I assume it's more the voice yeah. No, that would, that would be a good uh, Taika Waititi directed uh, Earthworm Jim. <laughs> I can I can picture that too for that type of Earthworm Jim. <laughs> um, I like I mentioned before, I picked Jim Carrey just because he's like elastic face. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably wouldn't even need CGI. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, oh, okay, uh, Jim Raynor and Sarah Kerrigan, because like Joe mentioned before, I would kill for a StarCraft movie. Yeah. Um. But basically, Jim Raynor is kind of like to- to- typical, uh, gruff, uh, been through it all, badass. It's kind of along the lines of um, um, Mal, Captain Mal from uh, Serenity, because we're talking about the movie, not the TV show Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> Firefly. <laughs> um, so like a, a more gruff Nathan Fillion. Um. And then, oh, sorry, that's not my casting, but like I'm comparing the, I'm giving everyone a, <laughs> a preview of the character, and then Sarah Kerrigan who is like his kind of love interest. Um, she is like a, a soldier or like a spy type person who gets turned into an alien. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what do you guys, uh, who do you think uh, should be Jim? So I actually uh, read up a bit of these characters because at this point I had nothing much to go on. Uh, <laughs> I went with Sofia Butella for Sarah Kerrigan. Because uh, it seems like she can do like a lot of different like looks to her. Um, and then for Jim Rayner, I was debating between either going Jason Momoa or David Harbour. 
and I landed on David Harbour. That's pretty good. I think I think I would like David Harbour more than Jason Momoa for, for Jim Rayner. I think he would pull it off because Jim Rayner, even in the game, he's in a crew call like, you know, the Rednecks. He's like one of those just ma- old school masculine kind of rough, yeah. rugged guys. So I think David Harbour would pull that off better. I think Jason uh. Momoa is a little too exotic for uh, – <laughs> even though it's in space, I don't know why that's a thing. <laughs> um, uh, Joe, who did – Oh, for, uh, for, yeah. um, for me, Jim Rayner, I was back and forth with this. I actually like David Harbour much better than my choice. I was just going Gerard <laughs> Butler uh, for Jim Rayner. Um, and for Sarah Kerrigan, I was thinking Charlie Theron. Charlie's? Charlie's, sorry, did I say Charlie? <laughs> Charlie Theron. I think Charlie is her brother. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Theron, just because um, I think she has a similar, I guess, uh, you know, just a, her face and her demeanor. She could play a good bad character as well. And, yeah, I think she would just be a, a perfect uh, villain for uh, for that uh, movie. Okay. Uh, and I think uh, for Jim Rayner, I put Idris Elba. Uh, I think he, yeah, I think he just has that badass vibe. Okay. But I think he's not that like he's a huge, he's built, he's like you know, he, he, I, I, I don't know why I was imagining Rainer like you know smoking a cigar, just kind of telling us how it is, and I feel like he'd do really well. And then uh, controversially, Sarah Kerrigan, I think I think Megan Fox would do well in that role. I don't know, she's got that like vibe. I know she's not like doesn't look the same, but I think she's got that vibe where she can get in the thick of it. I, I think she can do the like the struggle scenes really well when they get you know, she gets ca- I think she gets captured, right? Um I've played Starcraft in so long guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I I think that she could be like a good like move to the villain. I, I think she could handle that transformation pretty yeah. well. Like if they said that she was Sarah Kerrigan, I, I would be on board. No, totally. Like um I'm thinking Jennifer's body where she got like possessed by a demon. Yeah. <laughs> so that she could she could definitely play that. I I agree 100%. And side note, I always thought that Jim Raynor was black when I played StarCraft. Oh, really? I don't know if it was just like the resolution on my monitor, but <laughs> I was like googling him today and he's he is not black. black. But I, I think Beatrice Elba should definitely be Jim Raynor unless they go with my choice cuz they're definitely making this movie obviously from what we're talking about. <laughs> um, I picked uh, Josh Brolin. Um, you know him as Thanos and uh, Cable, naturally. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the exact, one. yeah, that's the exact, like, tough guy, gruff uh, voice and quality that I'm looking for. And then Olivia Wilde as Sarah Kerrigan. Because um, she can do, um, like, creepy, um, like, spacey, creepy. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen... Uh, the la the Lazarus effect wasn't that terrible? Yeah, but like <laughs> uh, she was possessed and she did good. Like she's fine, she's creepy. I mean, the point <laughs> is though, she was creepy in it, <laughs> and she can do that again. Side note: Childish Gambino was in that as well, <laughs> and he got killed by getting stuffed into a cabinet. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, I'm gonna skip over. Uh, I'm going to start skipping over a few, but uh, let's go straight to Duke Nukem. Because there's I think one, that's... What? There's only one right answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, d- hit us. 
I, I, you can't you can't have Duke Nukem if you don't have John St. John as the voice actor. I, I just cannot see anybody. I, I'm excited to hear what you guys chose, but I just could not. Like I, I remember I've been playing this on the computer. I was I was probably one of the only people I knew who was excited for like Duke Nukem Forever to come out. Like finally out of development hell. I have the special edition. Like I have the little bust of Duke Nukem somewhere that once the the basement is done, it's going to be on display. Like I, I just I just this is one of those like I am completely guilty of it where it's like that's something that I love and I. I don't know how you can change it from what it what it is in my mind. Oh, because this is still not live action for you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. When you were saying that there was only one right choice for this, I thought you were going to say what I was thinking, which was John Cena. Um, <laughs> and I actually searched for someone else, so I went with Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> okay. I like Cena better, to be honest. But I, I kind of like Cena better, too. <laughs> he, he is a perfect choice, but... Did you, I don't know if you guys saw this when you were doing your, your research for Duke Nukem, but apparently there was a Duke Nukem movie that was canceled, I think. I, this could be called rumors, but apparently John Cena was supposed to be Duke Nukem. <laughs> wow. I only found this out after uh, I, I picked him for the list. Amazing. Oh, um, <laughs> Joe, did you have John Cena? No, 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 I did not. For me, I had Dolph Lung- Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I think he'd pull a good Duke Nukem. Um, yeah, I'm picturing him from uh, uh, the Expendables or even like you know any movie like uh, what was the recent Rocky movie? Creed. Yes. Oh, Creed two, yeah, Creed two. Well, he was there, right? Yep, I think so. No spoilers, he was like the coach. He was a coach, I think. He was so. Ivan Drago. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I pictured for Duke Nukem. Someone that just tears shit up. <laughs> He's um I don't know he's he's a little uh, European for Duke Nukem isn't he? <laughs> ah, he can pull does, it off. <laughs> does he have an accent? I I've heard him with just a proper like English American accent. I'm pretty sure. Okay, because every any time I see Dolph Lundgren, I just think I must break you. <laughs> that doesn't really fit with Duke Nukem for me. But uh, I picked Chris Pratt for better or for worse. <laughs> Cuz I just want to see him give it a shot as like not guy that like is like more anti-hero than I mean Starlo's not even an anti-hero but he's like just a more crass like disgusting terrible person. <laughs> um and I I don't think Chris Pratt could do it but hey if you if you want to give it a shot I'm all for it. Um Let's skip to uh, Captain Price from Call of Duty. Um, he's he's kind of kind of a basic character, but he um, I, I I just I'm curious because he's like very prominent in the Call of Duty franchise. Like he's probably the only one that's in almost all of the Call of Duty games, except for the ones that are like in space and like in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, Flashback but, ones. Yeah. So, uh, or like in the World War Two one, <laughs> but uh, yeah, who do you uh, who do you guys see as Captain Price? Carson, uh, as uh, someone who's never played any Modern Warfare, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't feel very passionate about this one way or another, but I went with Andy Circus. Oh man, <laughs> as more of like a because I originally went with Tom Hardy and I was like, okay, that's boring, so I'll just go with Andy Circus instead. <laughs> Hey, I picked Tom Hardy. <laughs> I was literally thinking Tom Hardy. <laughs> I think Tom Hardy's the right choice, but I didn't want to, like, there was a few ones where I was like, okay, I think I guess what everyone else is going to pick, so I'm not going to pick that person. And that's what Okay, I, I guess. You made the right choice then. If that's <laughs> it. 
Wait, uh, Andy, did you pick Tom Hardy too? I did only because I just looked up pictures. I, I'm not really too into the Call of Duty games, so <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, he, Tom Hardy would do pretty well in this kind of role, so sure. Perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, like, he fits the character perfectly, like Arthur said. But, yeah, Joe, who did you pick? I picked Chris Evans, just because I, I always felt like Captain Price was, um, you know, a typical army, you know, captain kind of dealio, and Chris Evans always has that that army captain or army soldier attitude and look to him, um, even even without Captain America, like, just in general. So I kind of went <laughs> with him. Okay, but the big question is, do you think Chris Evans can pull off a Scottish accent? <laughs> um, I I believe he could do anything. Captain America is a <laughs> so Captain America, not even Chris Evans. Captain America as Captain Price. Yes. <laughs> even though Captain, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> even though Captain Price is the SAS. <laughs> um, okay, Kratos, Kratos from God of War. I think I'll I'll lead with Andy on this one because. You are more passionate about this series than <laughs> I would say uh, Dave Bautista, but the voice is uh, Christopher Judge, same guy who does it for God of War Four. Uh, <laughs> just because, yeah, yeah, I don't think you can. T- Again, that's that's just the character now, especially with the new game and the success and the storyline they built. I I don't think you can take away that voice, but you do need a character who looks a lot more like him. And I think Batista has, you know, he's aged not as much as Kratos has in the newest game, but I think he can pull off that look. And Batista's huge, and that's exactly what you're looking for. Okay, that's fair. Um, Joe? Me? I picked, I always have to cast this guy uh, at least once. Uh, I picked your choice for uh, Captain Price, Tom Hardy, from, uh, (laughs) if he had the same body as... um, Oh, Dark Knight, Bane, um, and then he just grew out a beard, and yeah, I think he could pull off uh, Kratos. Okay. Uh, I picked Winston Duke, who is <laughs> M'Baku from the Black Panther movie. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there would be a huge controversy over Kratos becoming black. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I picked uh, Gerard Butler. I felt like that was an obvious choice. But... That, that was my first choice originally, but I wanted to switch it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That that was like, yeah, it was pretty basic. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know if you guys are how familiar you guys are with Dutch Vanderlind from Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, but basically, he's kind of like a he's the leader of like a like outlaw group. Um, he's like a pragmatic, uh, speech giver. He's like very motivational, like scoundrel type. Um, I so to give you an idea, I picked Jeffrey Dean Morgan, um, kind of like uh, kind of like just continuing his vegan. Uh, oh, <laughs> like because if you remember, okay, sorry, I'm going back into TV, but like in The Walking Dead, Negan's whole thing, or Jeffrey Dean Morgan's whole Negan thing is that he's just like he's monologuing all the time. He's got the same demeanor, like, oh, how about this? Mm-hmm. Like, I I felt like that uh, captured Dutch Vanderlind uh, very well. Um, what about you guys? Carson? Uh, I didn't know any of those things about the character, so I picked Adam Driver. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Adam Driver's going to have a busy summer. <laughs> have a, um, I just... I, Sorry. sorry, no go, Joe. Oh me, oh, uh, for me, I uh, who did I go with? I went with this is just on looks. I've never played Red Dead Redemption. Don't know the character's bio. I went with um, Daniel Day Lewis 
For me, the character I was thinking was Gangs of New York, the, the guy who played there, or yeah, the guy good. who plays in a lot of movies. <laughs> good choice. Uh, Andy. I went with Josh Holloway, the guy who shows up in the paintball episode for Community, the second time <laughs> they do it. Uh, I'm so sorry to go back to TV shows, but that's, that's like okay. the only thing I can think of. I was like, I, I, I don't really watch many westerns, and I just figured <laughs> this guy looks pretty good. Oh, man, you have to. Westerns are awesome. Have you ever seen Tombstone? No. Oh, my no. God. That movie will put hair on your chest. I mean, I'm sure you already do, but... <laughs> <laughs> it, it gave me one. <laughs> no, but Tomb- Tombstone is the ultimate, like, posturing, like, tough guy Western movie. It's great. I'm going to add it to uh, the list with Brightburn, since you guys mentioned it. <laughs> Please do. Um. Uh. Okay. So let's. I have another recasting here. Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield, which is one that I'm passionate about. Um, so I'll go first. <laughs> I picked Chris Evans because Leon Kennedy is kind of like Mr. America type guy. Yeah. Uh, and um, but also if uh, I wanted the movie to to bomb, then I would pick Chris Pine or Liam Hemsworth. Mm. Um, and then as Claire Redfield, I picked Elizabeth Olsen. Because she should be in everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, for me, I picked uh, for Leon Kennedy. I picked Sam Giganet. He's, uh, if I'm saying that right, he's um, never back down. He's one of the characters in that. Um, and for Claire Redfield, I picked uh, Emily Browning, or Browning. Oh um, yeah, yeah, from Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch, yeah, the main character there. And yeah, that's me. I feel uh, like I may have really misjudged these characters, uh, but I picked Lakeith Stanfield for Leon Kennedy, <laughs> um, and then Claire Foy for Claire Redfield, not because of the name. <laughs> Who's Claire Foy? Claire Foy, that is, I'm looking. Claire, Claire Foy, Foy was in like a million movies like two years ago. Everything, everyone thought she was going to be like the next hottest actress, and then like she just hasn't done anything for the last two years. Uh, but she was in a movie called Unsane, uh, which, which I really liked, um, and she was also in. Uh, what was the Neil Armstrong movie called? First Man. Yeah, she was in First Man. Anyway, really good actress, and like from what I was reading about Claire Redfield, she felt like she fit that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen this woman in my life. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, Andy, you didn't go yet, did you? Uh, no, I, 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 again, I didn't really, I don't really play too much Resident Evil, so I just kind of like Chris Pratt just sounds like a, a way like I like a really good actor, <laughs> and then uh, Claire Delavine for. Claire Redfield. I don't know. Uh, Kara Delavine. Yeah, anyway. Kara Delavine. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh. I don't want to steal. Yep. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's recast Chun Li and M Bison. Uh. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you're going first. Yeah. I. I don't know that. Ch- that one's hard. Like, I really don't know because I don't know any Asian actresses, and I didn't want to search the same way you guys did. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really. I could. I couldn't think of one honestly because I. I don't know who could. Who it would have to be someone who has like good martial arts training enough to do the to do this fight scenes, uh, as well as like Chun Li's kind of just like it's it's hard to say it's like let's just let's just put it out there she's really known for her legs, uh, yeah. and so you really have to kind of cast based on that, uh, like having you know the thick thighs the like the the weird things like you don't have to do the same outfits but you definitely have to have that <laughs> part of her personality I think that also goes with her fighting style right, uh, yeah. but for Bison. And and as much as like I, I I don't know I don't remember if I looked up if this would be the right country uh, but I think that Tony Jaa would be great as Bison. Oh. Bison? Yeah, because oh. he, just because he's gotten older, 
uh, and I think he has that face that would like work really well with wearing the suit, taking the ca- the cape off, and then just really going to. Yeah. And it's funny because they also have that same style. Like if if you, I think it's Street Fighter Three, uh, the opening where you have Ryu and Bison, and you have that like kind of fighting stance. He stands very similar to the way that uh, Tony uh, Jaa does back in Ong Back, and I I just kind of like I think that would be a great like casting okay. choice. I mean, those are good reasons. I, yeah. At first, I completely disagreed with you, aside from the face. Yeah, but <laughs> you have some some cold hard facts behind it. So, <laughs> yeah, um, when how you mentioned um, the 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 thighs of Chun Cheese. <laughs> from your description of Chun Li, <laughs> I, uh, I picked Kelly Marie Tran so that the internet would explode. Um, I I want her to. She based she was Rose in uh, Star Wars. The new Star Wars movies, um, oh. and if she can if she can deal with with the bullying, then right. I think uh, <laughs> I would like her to be uh, Chun Li um, because I know I just so that everyone would be mad because I like her <laughs> as an actress, but um, I I know that, that everyone would hate it. If and we're uh, go I picked the Rock. Oh, the oh rock. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I, I'm so sorry. It's kind of kind of it's kind of lagging there for me. Uh, I I was just saying uh, based on that, if we if we can go like off of uh, like if you you chose that, then maybe I would go with Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Oh, I can see that. Ali comedian, Wong. comedian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go. Uh, that was bad. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. No, and so yeah, M Bison is the Rock. I think just in size and stature yeah. and charisma, I think um, <laughs> the Rock would uh, be a good counter counterweight to Raul Julia, who is the original M. Bison? Um, for me, I would do Chung Lee. Um, I'm going into TV series, um, but there's a TV series on Netflix called Wu Assassins. So there's a girl there named uh, Lee Jun Lee, and she actually, I'm not sure if she does her own stunts, but she does do martial arts in the movie too. And I think her build might be not, not close, because we all know Chung Lee's thighs are like the size of like, a body, yeah, <laughs> like I'm just a regular in the shoulder here. to shoulder, I'm yeah. Thighs counter, <laughs> counter. But um, yeah, so um, I totally agree with that though. She has to have like the giant thighs, but I think she might pull off a uh, a close enough uh, character to uh, Chung Lee in her stature as well. And for M Bison, um, I thought of Josh Brolin just because of Avengers. M Bison to me, he was always just giant, big dude in the suit, and. Yeah, um, I was just strictly thinking adventures of Josh Brolin um, having just that attitude and uh, kind of bad villain vibe. Yeah, that's fair. Carson? So for this one, and like I was mentioning before how I'm a bit of a contrarian, and so I might think there's an obvious one and then try to pick something different. This was the only one where I thought of the obvious one, and I was like, this is the only person to play this role um, based on the strength of recent Black Mirror episodes. Uh, but I went with <laughs> Palm Clementif for Chun Li. <laughs> have you seen the new Black Man or Black Mirror episodes? She I basically have. plays that character. Um, <laughs> I don't know how similar it is because I don't know Chun Li like the actual character, but like it seems close enough that like she could play that role. Um, and then for M, there are some there's some big differences. I just want to say sorry. There are some big differences between <laughs> her character in Black Mirror. All right, and, well, I'm uh, going based Chun- on pictures, so that's it. <laughs> um, for M. Bison, I went similar to Joe's approach of, like, someone who might play how Josh Brolin played Thanos, so it doesn't have the stature, but maybe make him, like, a bit of a CGI character, so this is more the personality. Yeah. Uh, but I went with Justin Thoreau, or Thoreau. Oh. Um, just, like, he feels like he can play over the top like that and, you know, give him a CGI body and that can do the rest. Okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. 
I I agree. Um, uh, and that's it. <laughs> um, if you uh, if you at home disagree, agree. Uh, if you have your a better casting, let us know on Instagram. I, I will Matt. post my like three or four favorite of these, and I'll make an Instagram like Photoshop for <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, because my the one I did last time was completely terrible. So yeah, you're not Carson allowed to be on do. Instagram anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna keep making them. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed. <laughs> uh, so I mean, uh, let's uh, move on. All right. Um, so as we do in uh, every episode. Uh, we're going to uh, ask our guests a few questions to uh, to get them to get to get them to get to know them a little better. <laughs> Jesus. That that beer is hitting different during quarantine. Um, um, so uh, it'll, it'll be a, a quick um, a quick couple rounds for you, Andy and Joe. Uh, I tailored one of these specific questions to uh, what I know about you guys. <laughs> Um, and you're gonna know exactly which one it was because uh, you'll see. Um, let's go first. Go, oh, Andy. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, Andy takes the the being volunteered by Joe. Um, Andy, uh, I also tried to make these one of them at least one of them uh, topical. It's three questions each. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, um, okay, Andy, number one. Um, which video game movie character would make a good teacher? <laughs> oh my god, that's I, wow. He had to be in a movie uh, in a movie and a video game. Movie and a video game and the like, good teacher? Yes. No explanation. I just need a name. You just need a name. Uh, that would be Professor Oak. Oh shit, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, would you rather get eaten by a Velociraptor or a pack of Compsognathus, which is like the tiny ones, the tiny dinosaurs that like swarm people? Oh, uh, the, the raptor. Oh, okay, yeah, same here. Uh, which how? So if you're in a movie like Contagion. What? How would the virus kill you? Like, what kind of virus would it be, and how would it kill you? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I don't even Sorry, know. Sensitive. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I, I just hope it's just like I, I go to sleep and don't wake up. That's all I hope. Okay. So it's it's like the one in uh, – have you seen Serenity? Yeah, a long time ago, yeah. Um, the with Like the Firefly movie mm-hmm. where, like, the whole planet, they just, like – lay down and and that's it yeah that definitely okay cool. that's it i'm sure everyone knows who you are now yeah. <laughs> uh joe oh it's me now all no, right, all right. Uh, let's go other guest <laughs> <laughs> um okay joe yep. which video game movie character would you like to take to a rave Ooh, movie video game movie character yeah um. Ooh. Okay. Let me think. Cause I, I'm trying to think of all the video game movies. Um. Angelina Jolie, Tomb Raider. <laughs> I thought you would have picked Chun Li, but um. Uh. Sex Mary Kill. <laughs> Sex Mary Kill. Nemesis, the Predator, and Indominus Rex. Um. <laughs> Sex Nemesis. <laughs> There's no right um, answer. Mary Predator. 
and uh, kill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, all three of those options end with you dying. But yeah, at least marry the predator is gonna defend me and stuff. You know, predator is pretty badass. <laughs> I thought you married. Oh no, no, you sex the nemesis. Yes, sex nemesis. <laughs> um. Okay. And how would your movie virus kill you? What kind of virus would it be? It would be something between. Um. It would. I think it would more or less still just be a zombie virus. Uh, something along the lines of uh, something like that, where it's taken over everyone, and then um, I unwill unknowingly have it, and then end up uh, dying and taking a few people with me. <laughs> <laughs> you just shit. <laughs> I'm that guy in the movie. I think that that answer get, let lets us know the most about any of any of us. <laughs> so thank you for being upfront, and uh, I will not uh, will not protect you during the zombie apocalypse. Perfect. <laughs> um, Carson, what do we have next on the agenda? So our last two segments to finish off this episode is going to be similar but reversed. Um, one what video games would be best to make into a movie adaptation? And then we're going to talk about which movie would be best to make into a video game. Um, so the first one, we talked about like this a few times, but now we can kind of dive into it directly. Um, but what video games would make the best movie adaptations? And I think there's a few things to pick out there. One being, what are the elements that make something better for a movie adaptation better than others? Um, and maybe also some predictions of which ones you see out there would be good for uh, an adaptation. Um, so I'll I'll go first on this one just to start the conversation off. Uh, I had a few ideas here. Um, for me, like it's really hard to say that video game adaptations is its own genre because in my mind, like video game is just a medium, and there's so many different things. Like in that genre, you have everything from like GTA to Pong to like need for speed and so like to say like there's so many different things there it's almost like saying like what book should be adapted and like can something be a good adaptation from a book because there's so many different types of books so in my mind i was looking for a few key things that i think would make something like bring more value to the ip in terms of like making a movie um one would be a fantasy world because if you have something like a gta or a red dead redemption it's when you boil it down to a movie that's just like a gangster movie or just a western, like there's not much that they're bringing to the table. So I think you bring a fantasy world like Gears of War or like a Halo, then it's like, okay, you're bringing a world and some some type of imagination to the world. Um, I also think iconic outfits, um, going back to like the comparison to superhero movies, like you want to have a main character who is iconic, um, even if like you can sub in any actor who has their face and has their personality, there's probably going to be some changes to that character. But if you can have an iconic outfit, then that helps you kind of adapt that character. And, and again, thinking about what value does the IP bring to the table? Like, I, I like to see that. But at the same time, I want to see the actor's faces. So if you look at something like a Halo and a Master Chief, like, I don't want to see a helmet. If I have, like, Chris Pratt playing that character, I want to see Chris Pratt's face because that's the value they're bringing to it. Um, and then What about the Dread and uh, the Mandalorian? Those are Those are not the... Uh, the, the model norm. to follow you, that's like a, <laughs> a good exception. Um, okay. And then the last thing that I, I've seen that is something the video game genre adaptation has not had so far uh, is a good director. Um, I think at the end of the day, like, whatever your mm -hmm. IP is, if you get a good storyteller, they can create a good movie, like see Christopher Nolan yeah. in the Batman movies. Um, so you obviously need that. But, uh, yeah. So those are my thoughts. Um, how about you guys? 
Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna let one of you guys go, but uh, um, I wanted so the parallels between me and Carson. I would say yes, 100% good director. I'm gonna group good script into that as well. Um, casting is very important for me when it comes to a video game, uh, video game based movie, um, because. I don't want some bullshit like Alice happening again. <laughs> um, and um, I think it's very important that they're like, I don't want it. It doesn't have to follow the same story. Like it has just has to clearly be in the same universe and be based on the same material that uh, the game is on. And it, I realize that can be kind of vague, but like, I have to use Resident Evil as a like a as a as another example, but it's it, like the really the only similarity of that first Resident Evil movie, for example, is that there are zombies. That's it. <laughs> so like like oh, and there was a mansion at the beginning, but after that, nothing. And so like I it has to um, stay true to the source material, but and again, that's vague. But if I have my good director. I feel like <laughs> that uh, that'll that'll be handled properly. So the, the, and then I think that's how we get the the perfect Last of Us movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, here, I'll, I'll go. I, I think that with the different elements, you definitely always need Easter eggs. I think that's like a big thing in video game movies. We're always looking for our little Easter eggs, that little nod to the gamers. Uh, and I agree. It really you, it depends on the universe you take. Like, are you taking the universe or are you taking the characters, right? Like, uh, a good example is uh, Shadow of Mordor. That's a game that's like based in Lord of the Rings universe, right? But it, it has it it touches on the ring. Uh, at one point, you know, they do talk about the rings of power. They talk about the ring Gollum is is there. Uh, and it's part of Gollum's story in between the Frodo discovering him after Bilbo's already taken the ring from him. Uh, and you have this character uh, who's there. You're, you're getting to have fun with him. Uh, you, you know, but it's not, it's not disrespecting the franchise itself, right? It's taking place in between. It can still be part of the canon, right? I still think that with video game movies and in general, like that, the canon is the issue. Is that if you're taking if you're taking the main characters, where are those characters in the canon between the games? Is it like is it this is this the first game? Is this the game in between games? Gears of War is a great example too because uh, the things I was going to say with settings, you you need to have the same settings. You need to have if you're if the game is dreary and drab and like very depressing, I think the movie has to have that tone. And like with Gears of War, you have this cool this history where everything started with that E day, the emergence day where all the locusts came from the ground. That's that's the why the game the first game takes place like years and years after that. But you can have movies that are just about E Day or in between E Day and the first game or between the first and second game and you can take those elements. And yeah, really uh I just think it's it's the Easter eggs. I think the the scripts absolutely are the point. And I just think it's it's being respectful to the audience because you, like you said, you have to, you're going to have an audience of people who are there just because they think this looks like a great movie. Um, you're going to have people there who are there just because there's a great actor, but you, the biggest voices are going to be the gamers, right? Like they're either going to be mad about it. They're going to be the ones who are passionate enough to talk about it because now they have to defend the IP that they love that the reason they went to go see it. I think you have to appease them. So there has to be some sort of respect, whether that's through respecting the IP or respecting through like Easter eggs or something. Like when I saw Sonic, yes, 
nothing like the actual games. But the fact that, you know, all those little Easter eggs, you know, Green Hills, the the city they chose, Green Hill Zone, the very first level of, of uh, Sonic, right away, that's what I was laughing at. And I was explaining that to my wife. I'm like, that, that is an Easter egg. Like, that's a callback to the game that I love. The His origin before he goes to, you know, when he's telling his story, he's doing the loops that are the exact ones from that very first level. Again, something I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then I didn't care how the rest of the story went because I felt like this was a movie made by people who also love the IP. So I think it has to be there. This would set up a great fight between you and Carson. <laughs> Mr. Anti-Reference. <laughs> Sorry. Um, could you rephrase the question again for me? Uh, I just got lost in because I was really into uh, the points. Yeah. So I, bas- I got lost, lost my spot there. <laughs> basically, just like what are the, the core elements that would make for a good video, uh, ad- video game adaptation? So like what are the types of video game? Like when you're thinking about, okay, which video games would you think you would make a good movie or not? Like what are the things that would translate into a movie wall versus things that wouldn't? Um, I think pretty much what, what you guys talked about earlier um, – the thing that would translate best is uh, you'd need um, a good uh, story and you'd have to try to stick to I, – I feel like you do have to try to stick to the original story of the character. That's a really big one. Um, same type of personality, too. If the character in the game is, you know, um, playful or if they're, uh, you know, the, the joking uh, the joking type that uh, doesn't take anything nonchalant and you play someone that, um, let's say, like uh, – okay, Chris Evans is a bad example, but just someone that just has, you know, that solid, <laughs> badass uh, – person uh, attitude to them it kind of takes away from the character so um thank you to the story the casting is a really important one too you got to cast uh, the right people and yes joe <laughs> and um yeah a, a good director too because for some of the other movies sometimes um yeah that, that, that's where they feel the director i feel like sometimes they try to make it a movie for they try to ap- appeal to both audiences but they just don't do it correctly the people that are just watching a movie for the sake of a movie for entertainment and the people that are actually hardcore fans that are into it. So they they lose the balance there of um, entertainment and trying to stay to the storyline. So fuck you, movie bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned, Paulo, that it would be a good fight between me and Andy, but I actually really agree with Andy's points. Um, <laughs> even though, like, I hate references in movies. Like, I hate references for the sake of references. If they're egregious, yeah. And, but it's it's more like for me when you have a movie story like flowing along and then you you kind of bring the whole thing to a stop just to make a reference and then <laughs> the story has to start back up again. Um, like Andy's point, like I, I watched the Sonic movie. I didn't know that Green Hills was the name of the first episode, but it didn't matter. Like that's just that's not something that brought the movie and the story to a halt. It's just a name that they use for the town. And it, it calls back, and if you're a fan of the video games, you get it. Uh, if you're not, it doesn't disrupt anything for you. Uh, case in point, like Rogue One, where like the entire movie comes to a halt like multiple times just to make reference. Um, yeah. Don't be dead! <laughs> um, and like at a point, you have to be making a movie of the video game. Um, and so like you do need to bring in like certain callbacks and like certain things that say, like, okay, this is part of the property without it being just a reference. And when you have, like, a, a property like Sonic, there isn't, like, a big, rich narrative. And so you have to take things that are just part of, like, the mechanics of the game and make a story out of it. So for me, that works. Um, and, and I also like, Andy, what you were talking about of making stories between the stories. Because I don't think you can take uh, a video game narrative that is 40 or 80 hours long and adapt it into a two-hour movie. Because you just there's too much story. It's a different medium. And so 
you need like I, I really think you need to take the characters in the world and build your own story around it like i don't want to see them do the same story that's in a video game like i don't think that'll work um i think it'll take someone who just understands the spirit of the property and reinvent it like tell your own story that is appropriate for that world not just like, like adapt it yeah yeah, yeah. That's why for me, for uh, like the whole casting, as long as the character stays true, the story you could change from something you've already seen in the game, or even just a side story that's nothing in the game or nothing to do with the game, as long as you know they stay true to that. Stay true to the character and the universe. At the very and least. the universe. Like if you yeah, want to change the story, fine, but like it has to be clearly set in the same set in the same place and time where the the, the game is taking place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that said, like, if you were to think of movies coming on the horizon that were almost to be like the Iron Man of the video game movie genre, like the thing that really launches big success, like what would be your predictions or like things that you think really could launch the genre and be really successful as a movie? Hmm. Uh, I'd probably say Gears of War would be a, a really big one because you have Microsoft with the backing, right? You've got money there. Um, they're really taking big risks in what they're doing, obviously, with uh, xCloud and stuff. And hopefully, if they're trying to push that property, I, I think that that would be amazing because I, I think the money is where it, – it, that's where it really separates, right? If you don't have the resources behind it, uh, you're not going to be able to push it because Gears of War has that rich history. But you can bring someone in who's not a fan – by telling the story of Emergence Day or telling anything between the games, you can introduce Marcus. Because when we go into the first game, Marcus is in jail for crimes that he committed. And like me and my friends are such big fans, we've read the books in between because the person who was writing the story for the games also writes, she writes, uh, she wrote Star Wars fan uh, fiction as well as Gears of War. And she just told incredible stories. And I think that you could have. And, and there's been games where we've seen actual characters who are never mentioned before. Like, they have their story of what's going on while Marcus and Dom and them are doing their thing. I think Gears of War could have that because it's, it's full of action. There's so much grimness. There's these weird, you know, interactions because the cog, like the soldiers, their interactions with the people, right? I, imagine, like, a story of, like, you know, you having to give up your meals, half the, like, half like the amount of food you eat because these soldiers are walking around three times the size of you and they eat three times the calories you do and the rations have to be shared right uh i want to say that people wouldn't relate to that but then you also have people who are you know protesting quarantine outside right so we have <laughs> like it's relatable there, there's a lot of richness there there's a lot to work with there's a lot of human elements and i think you could make a really great story out of it uh that property especially so it's definitely of, it's definitely accessible. Gears yeah. of War came up for me because it checked a lot of the boxes that I was talking about. Of like, you have that great fantasy world, you have the iconic outfits, and you can still see people's faces. So you could cast different people in those roles. The thing for me that kind of holds it back is it's a bit too grim for it to have like super mass appeal. Um, right. And I, I think like if you look at what makes uh, like the franchises like Marvel or Star Wars successful is that you can have your 35 year old dude and an eight year old kid go yeah. to that same movie and enjoy it. Um, right. So the one I was thinking that I feel like really could launch it is like the Zelda world, um, because you have a lot of like uh, a fantasy world and, and things that appeal to multiple cultures and people of multiple ages. Um, and it's like, I don't, I don't know if it really captures the adult audience enough the way that like a Marvel would. But like if you have the right casting, I think there's a lot of potential for that universe. That was my second one. That's great. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Man, I, I'm trying to think of uh, – one. for me, I'm not sure if it will really cast it, but I think it would 
maybe open the the gateway and just be a good movie. There's three of them that come to mind, and there are actually three different types of uh, games as well. One would be Halo, um, and I think um, Halo they could appeal to audiences of uh, younger kids, if the and uh, as well as uh, you know the 35 year old uh, uh, viewer. And um, I think also another one would be StarCraft, just because that's one I've been uh, waiting for for a while. And I feel like that's one of those uh, really gritty, action-packed sci-fi movies. And you could even extend that to like a trilogy. Um, there's just a lot of uh, story that you could cover in, uh, in that uh, series. Another one would be Final Fantasy. Uh, for me, specifically Final Fantasy VII, because that was my favorite one. And they did, just did a remake on it. Um, cause yeah, they, they do actually have a Final Fantasy movie based on, I guess, uh, you know, cinematics and stuff, uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children. And, um, yeah, if they change that into a live action, it, for me, those are always hit and misses, but I still think that that could be, um, if they do it right, uh, could be like, you know, uh, a key to unlock the door, but I'm not sure if they'll, you know, fully carry through, um, to, you know, dominate, uh, Every, anything <laughs> i i agree with so halo was on my list too um and uh what was the other one joe the second one starcraft starcraft yeah, yeah those yeah, two yeah. specifically yeah i agree 100 percent um starcraft more than halo for uh yeah. just because i'm a particular fan of that one but oh shit sorry i thought i unplugged my mic <laughs> um Starcraft and Halo, uh, I think just the like what you guys were talking about before, where like the 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 fantasy world, like the universe that those take place in. There's so much rich history that um, you can build multiple movies on. Like Starcraft in particular, you can you can tell like self-contained stories within certain movies and not have to like build up a universe um, with like the first movie. Um, Kind of like, like how they kept trying to do with the dark, dark universe <laughs> and failing. Like you could do, you could do it properly. Like I, I could definitely see Starcraft being an Iron Man type kickoff versus the Mummy type kickoff. Um, but the one, I mean, I, I, I really don't want to keep talking about The Last of Us. <laughs> I talked about it in the last episode too, but like I, I really like I stand by how much because like zombies. Can like zombie the zombie zombie genre? Um, I mean, it's it's very like common, I guess, at this point. But it's it's the the thing about The Last of Us is that it's it's a different it's it's a different enough that it's not so uh, predictable uh, or pre- yeah, I guess predictable. It's it's focused more on how the people are like are are dealing and like um, it. The, the relationship between uh, the two main characters, which is like the, the, the main guy uh, and the younger girl, yeah. and how she could be like the, the key to building a cure. So I, I think it, now that I talk about it more, maybe it's not like super, <laughs> it, there's not a lot of mass appeal. Like it's not like a, a typical popcorn movie, um, but uh, whatever. I don't care. I want to see it. <laughs> so for me, as somebody who hasn't played The Last of Us, like when I look at it from an outsider's view, I just see like you can make that movie and have it not be The Last of Us. Like it seems like it's just something where it's like, okay, you make a zombie movie with a father character and a daughter character who have like that kind of relationship, and they go off and there's like 
you could have so many of those different elements without it being a video game movie. And it's just like for me, the IP doesn't bring as much to the table. Um, it's just it's a good it's a movie that has a really good narrative told. It was executed well. It's not necessarily built with, into the IP itself. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say. Or oh, sorry, good. Well, no, I, I was just gonna say I, I think that's like there's a double-edged sword there because it's not just about the game. Like, just like Logan, um, it's an X-Men movie, but uh, it's 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 a good movie in itself without if you take out the X-Men stuff. <laughs> but that's I think like there's also. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about the value of an IP, like. Of course, if you get a good director and a good screenwriter and you execute it really well, anything could be a good movie. But when I think about the value that an IP brings to the table, I think if you have an average director and an average movie and you just make an like a, just a total middle of the road average movie, is that something you're gonna want to rewatch? Is that something you're gonna rush out to see opening weekend at the theater, um, or is it like does that IP bring something on its own that even if it's executed mediocrely, it's still gonna have value to it um, without putting all of the onus on the filmmakers to make a good movie because obviously yes you have good filmmakers it's going to be good <laughs> i mean ideally it would be a good movie but <laughs> no but yeah no I, I yeah that makes sense um and in that case i would pivot towards like something like starcraft or or yeah. halo but i i just had to get that that mention in there <laughs> my own <laughs> i'm surprised that was uh by the way going that was one of the few castings you skipped over yeah, we're gonna go after uh, the last uh, last of us. <laughs> I mean, I I knew I was gonna talk about it now, so like <laughs> for for me, if you want to know. Well, when you were, it. you know how you talked about the it was awkward uh, casting for uh, Chung Lee had to uh, look up uh, like Asian uh, female Asian actresses. For me, the Last of Us, I had to look up uh, young white uh, young actresses, <laughs> you know, young uh, young actresses, and I was just like, this is really awkward. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I, I picked a shitty casting for that. But I I do think Last of Us would make a, a good movie. I don't know longevity-wise how it would be. I feel like StarCraft does have a richer background. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not going to kick off a whole, like, oh, well, I guess that's like what we're... Like a trilogy or a series or something. Here, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not going to kick off a whole, like, multiple, like, a, yeah, the, a trilogy of Last of Us. But also when you're talking about kicking off something, it doesn't need to be like kicking off a cinematic universe. No, yeah. I think like one thing the video game genre struggles from is attracting good filmmakers. And if you make a good movie like a Logan, where it's like, okay, show the world and show filmmakers that there are good stories to tell within this genre, maybe you attract better directors who all of a sudden start creating better content. So in terms of kicking off, you could it could kick off in that way. Well, see, no, that's it, but that's exactly what, my, where my mindset is. Like, if you're making a good movie, I think, like, ju that just so happens to be rooted in a video game, then I think that, like, that's why The Last of Us is a, is a good choice. But I feel like that happens as a phase two, like, video game, or superhero movies got popular, and now people are looking at oh, the, the Logan or the Black Panther, the Joker of the world, where it's like, now let's make legitimate superhero movies. <laughs> uh, it doesn't start like that. Yeah. 
But if we if we want to talk like about starting, like I, I agree with Paulo. I think I think The Last of Us would be a good movie. I, I'm gonna say I did actually put it down as one of the ones I I would not choose as a in the beginning, only because <laughs> I think that The Last of Us has way too many layers. Like on on the like from the outside in, I agree with you, Carson. It's like you know you could literally tell that story with anyone, right? Zombies is not that far off of father daughter like substitute, sure. But there's so many layers, and you need that time. Like I I would say that would be like a four movie series, right? You do one for each season because for the a season. TV yeah, yeah, TV series. You need the time for it. If you want like something, I chose Gears of War because like that's that's where my heart is and that's what I want to see. But if we go marketing, straight marketing, then the Uncharted series I think is the only one that really appeals to all audiences. It's a heist movie, right? You can tell a heist movie in between it. It's always like rooted in historical fiction. It's essentially the Mummy. Um, you know, <laughs> you just you just have that fun action movie. You have this established character that every game reintroduces himself. He's not that different than any other action movie star, quite honestly. Uh, you like him because he's likable, right? You could, have, and I honestly think Nathan Fillion deserves to be Nathan Drake. I just like I think that's yeah. the only casting. Uh, but you have all the same tropes, right? You have the girl that he, you know, he's always chasing in every every game that like just happens to get away because he can't kick the habit of like stealing artifacts. And you have the old man who's like his sidekick but also his mentor right you have all these things that people are familiar with but then you're taking the ip of something and you can take a kid to it because it's it's pretty family friendly for the most part other than the guns but you know <laughs> they see worse so do you think uh, tom holland is gonna be the one to kick that off because he's gonna be playing him next year is, it, oh, is that a thing yeah oh, they're they, making a movie for it they're doing an uncharted movie next year with tom holland as nathan drake oh damn you know, what, I can't see it, but I'm not gonna say that he would be a bad one because I I, I feel like I I can't unsee Tom Holland as Spider-Man, right? I can't see him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I have this like I've always thought that like just Nathan Fillion was like Nathan Drake. Like I I just always thought that that was the perfect casting. But I I, I could you know what I, I I think he has the personality for it. Like based on like how Spider-Man is, he, Nathan Drake is pretty goofy and like kind of fun. So um, it's so unfortunate that Nathan Fillion is not like a like a big name like mm-hmm. for like a, a blockbuster movie type name because he's such like a fun guy <laughs> he really um, is he's a, I, yeah, I, I just have like a question about uncharted actor. is uncharted um would you say it has a similar premise to tomb raider because for yeah. me i never played it but i always thought like um what's the tomb raider again archaeologist or yeah yeah archaeologist um, for me it, it seemed like it had a similar um premise or at least you know they're in the jungle so for me just because tomb raider is already out there i don't know how well it would do in my opinion but i've never played the game so i don't know if the story is like that appealing where it'd be like you know what the story alone would be good enough even though it's similar to another game or uh, another movie it's it's really popular i find I, at least among my friends and from what i've seen it's a very popular series it's it is a lot like it but there's like this aspect of him being a bit of a criminal right because he is stealing artifacts but he's doing it for the sake of good so he's got that like not he's not really an anti-hero but he's not really a hero either right so he there's a bit of a moral thing right and one of the games he's saving his brother and his brother is like a criminal and you know he has to lie to his wife and it's a whole thing like uh he's not the greatest guy but he's so likable that you you almost forgive him and then like the aspect is it's just like assassin's creed and all these games you're just climbing things you're sneaking into places <laughs> yeah right? so it's not it's nothing different in that regard and, i think and they gave assassin's creed a movie oh, yeah <laughs> All right, let's end that segment off there, and let's flip it around to the other side. Uh, what movies would you guys like to see made into a video game? 
Ooh, I have. Uh, do I have one? I think maybe I might have two. Um, I think no. For me, I don't know if it was a video game or if it, I think it was just a book. It would be Ender's Game. I mean, yeah, it was a movie. Fine. It, it, yeah, it, it was a. Uh, you were saying movie to a video game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was based on a book, not a video game. But I think that would be because for me in my head, I have StarCraft <laughs> in mind. Where um, yeah, it's just a strategy, uh, mass uh, units and stuff attacking. I, because I love StarCraft, I think that would be a great game to make into something similar of StarCraft. But I wouldn't be totally opposed to making it anything like a first-person shooter or um, third-person uh, style of uh, gaming. Yeah, that's my choice. <laughs> how do you, how do you make it not StarCraft if it was a strategy game? <laughs> yeah, because it's uh, just with it being strategy, I figured they could uh, take a different approach with uh, going in depth with uh, characters, maybe uh, captains or just Ender, and it's um, just something more on uh, yeah, story of him making I don't know, decisions and him uh, like you know building uh, up ranks and just a few different approaches. I feel like they could uh, go about it. True. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm torn. We okay, opened I'm our torn. mouths at the same time. <laughs> you go first. All right, uh, I'm torn between the two. I, I got uh, the Terminator, but the first two movies, uh, and uh, Underworld, just because I think that they're fun action games. Like I think you could do some fun stuff with it. I mean, who doesn't want to shoot vampires? Uh, and like you know, have that like cool se- you know sequence where you shoot the floor and fall through it and stuff, but. <laughs> And I, I just think Terminator, time travel, like John Connor. I, I think there's like really fun little like side <clears throat> things you could do, and you could have an open world game of some sort with that. Yeah. I I really like the underworld idea. For me, what I have in mind is it's kind of like um well, what type of game would uh like Final Fantasy be where you kind of level up and uh you know you you develop your character? I'm not sure what type what kind of, of game that is. Yeah, like the genre. Uh yeah, uh, like I feel like if they made something that where it's like okay choose you're gonna be vampires and you're part of the vampire clan or you're part of the werewolf uh, clan that's who you are for the whole game and you level up from there and yeah I th- so I think the underworld one's a good one MMORPG type yeah MMORPG type of game yeah um on when when we're going to uh, when we're talking about uh, open world type games I I thought Inception would be a cool would make a cool game um so it would be kind of a cross between like i don't well not not gt well kind of gta so it's like that kind of like cityscape um but you have to like plug into that world or like not plug in but like dream into the world and then uh you have an element like uh star wars fallen order where you have like force powers but instead of force powers it's like what you can do because you're in the dream world like what you can do with your mind so you can like flip like like just summon a train out of nowhere or like uh flip a flip the landscape upside down and stuff like that so like as you level up you get more of those like more uh powerful uh dream uh, thingies that you can do <laughs> um, but then also as you like as you progress in the game like uh, because just in the mo- just as in the movie the longer you uh, remain in the dream, and the more you mess around, 
with uh with the world that you're dreaming in like the the surrounding characters get more hostile towards you so it's harder to to fight them back even with your like powered up uh, abilities so you have to like use those abilities to just escape where you can't really fight people you have to like create like that uh that uh, illusion staircase where it just goes on never ending and then they have to chase you but they never quite get you stuff like that so it's like it's a very cerebral <laughs> uh puzzle based open world game i just rewatched that yesterday by the way um i was i was also thinking about open world games uh and i cheated a little bit because i picked a a tv show that technically has a film made of it um and that is altered carbon Uh, so there's an altered carbon resleeved which is technically an anime film so it counts yeah yeah (laughs) um but like everyone's looking forward to cyberpunk and i think partially because it's like the world like people want to be part of that world um, and then you add an element to that of, like, the sleeving, where, like, also another part of open-world games is you want to change your character. You want to, like, add stuff on and, like, change your outfit and whatnot. And, like, in Altered Carbon, you could literally get a new body. Um, and at the same time, like, they talk about sleeving and, like, the Takashi Kovacs character is all about, like, re-sleeving into somebody new, executing, like, a mission, and then getting out. And I feel like you could do something there. So that would be a pretty cool, like, open world that you could have a lot of video game uh, concepts on. Yeah. Uh, I like that one actually, because yeah, I really like the the show Altered Carbon. I haven't watched the movie yet for the the animated. Uh, I have not one. either. But you haven't watched either, yeah. But for me, I like the idea. I would actually really like to play that game. I don't know if Cyberpunk was based off the a similar basis for Paulo's. Uh, for Paulo for that the Inception game, I actually pictured uh, when you're talking about you know the longer you're in there, I picture like GTA where you get four stars, five stars, and then oh yeah, it, it yeah. just gets sure. more difficult. Yeah, I didn't even think of it that <laughs> that's, way, yeah. that's what I was picturing for, for that. I basically made GTA, but like really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well I think that's a pretty good spot for us to end off this episode. Uh, so we will end off as we always do by talking about movies that we are looking forward to coming out soon uh and nothing is coming out soon because the world is on uh, hold uh but, but i guess what uh what are you guys looking forward to watching soon whether it's a a new movie or something dropping or something that's just has been out for a while and you haven't seen uh paulo how about you go first um so really quickly i'm going to mention artemis fowl again um and then i'm going to move right on to um the king of staten island which I'm really actually looking forward to. It's uh, Judd Apatow's next movie starring uh, Pete Davidson, um, who's the, the guy from SNL, uh, comedian. Um, so it's kind of, it's semi-autobiographical uh, because his father is a fireman who died on 9-11. And um, so it's basically, it's kind of that story about him, like coming to grips with uh, losing his father. Um, and uh, it's... Uh, uh, Bill Burr is also in it, um, who's a one of my favorite comedians. Um, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a dark comedy. Um, I watched the trailer a couple times. A few tears came out, uh, but it looks it looks really funny at the same time, and uh, I'm heavy into that. Also, Marissa Tomei is in it, and uh, she is the best Aunt May that there ever was. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Yeah, really excited about that one. Uh, cool. Joe, how about you? Um, for me, the movie that I'm looking forward to watching is Mulan. Um, <laughs> just because I 
I like the fact that they are mixing some Disney movies into, um, you know, um, live action, if that's what you want to say or call it. And for me, I always liked um, being Asian. I was like, you know, seeing the Asian representation in movies. Like, yeah. um, um, what, what's the, what's that big main Asian movie that, that came out recently? Um, Crazy Rich Crazy Asian. Rich there you go. So that, that's one. And just seeing it kind of translated in something that's already like mainstream, like Disney movies have always been mainstream and I just want to see how they do it. And I'm kind of curious to see if it's going to be like, let's say more Disney friendly or with uh, them, you know, they're in a war for Mulan. Uh, they're fighting there. I just want to see if it's going to, you know, appeal more to action kind of side of things. Yeah. And dragons. <laughs> yep. Dragons are always good. Dragons are always good. Awesome. Uh, Andy, how about you? Uh, so I'm looking forward to Coming to America, the sequel. Uh, I would say I'm looking forward to it just because I, I do love the original. I love it. Uh, and I am it, – it's just one of those things as soon as I heard it, I kind of treat it at the same way I do some video games I anticipate where I'm just in media blackout. I'm just going to see it. I'm going to see what my takes are. I don't want to make any preconceived notions, especially because I feel like I'm coming to that point in my life where I'm starting to notice how often I talk about back in the day or things that I, I think are just better because they're older. And I just, I, I want to yeah. see like, you know, like I, you know, will it capture the charm? I want to come into it with an open mind. I already know I want to see it. So I just want to just keep that, like keep that momentum going and just go into a blind and enjoy it. Cool. Well, that is uh, and the one I'm looking forward to, and I'm really hoping it comes out this summer, is uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie Tenet. Uh, just like speaking of Inception, like it seems like all the same like things that it's doing there, with probably a unique story. Uh, also, shout out Robert Pattinson. Looks like he's going to do an amazing <laughs> job again. Uh, I'm a huge Robert Pattinson fan these days, I guess. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Robert well, what's what's the Pattinson. premise of that movie? Uh, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> um, Did you I, watch the new trailer? I watched the new trailer, but uh, before that, I saw a so – I think it was before Star Wars or something like that. Uh, but before the movie, like, I was on IMAX screening on, like, premiere night, and they showed, like, a seven-minute clip of Tenet. Um, oh. And it was just really, really well done and, like, really good suspense and action. And it's just, like, all, all the actors are, like, the typical Christopher Nolan cast. And it's just, like, it's going to be really well made. The story is going to be really interesting. I don't want to know what the premise is. There's, yeah. like, some no, trippy time <laughs> stuff of, like – uh, they keep showing scenes where, like, they're going back in time. Like, uh, John David Washington, he's, like, at a firing range, and he's, like, shooting a gun. Uh, but time goes backwards, so the woman's like, oh, you're not shooting a, gu you're not shooting a bullet, you're catching a bullet with your gun, because time's going backwards. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, like, I don't know, crazy shit like that. I'm sure it'll be explained somehow in some... As, 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 excited, <laughs> as excited as I am for that, what I don't know what the, the usefulness of catching a bullet from your gun is versus <laughs> shooting it. But no, I, I am looking forward to that, to that one as well. Cool. Well, we will end it off there. Uh, Joe, Andy, thanks for coming on and uh, talking to us about video game movies. Woo! For Andy, coming back for the, the third part of the video game movies. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. It'll be awesome. Thanks, guys, for having us. Bye.